What's going on, drinking buddies? Brand new one coming right at you. But real quick, we got to do the ad thing. Trying to make some money in this motherfucker. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the video versions of And Now We Drink. The video versions are available on Vimeo for 99 cents an episode or $6 a month gets you unlimited streaming of all the episodes. Weird facial expressions, some nudity, some visual gags that are edited into the episodes. It's a lot of fun. And it supports the fuck out of the show for you to pick up the video versions. So check them out today at www.anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is www.anwd.net slash videos. We are also brought to you this week by our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club, the best damn record of the month club. In fact, every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please. As features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and comes packaged with a 12 by 12 album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. If you're into vinyl, if you're into music, join Vinyl Me Please. It's really, it's awesome. It's not like Record of the Month Clubs of old. It's month to month. No strings attached. Cancel anytime. It is fucking rad. So go to www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD to sign up today. We are also brought to you this week by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly mystery crate that delivers the best in geeking gaming gear from collectibles, apparel, tech gadgets, art, and other epic gear. It's like Comic-Con in a box. For less than 20 months, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, and unique one-of-a-kind items, and much, much more. You have till the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe to receive that month's crate. When the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Turn off the lights. And of course, by supporting Loot Crate, you put a little money in this little drunk's pocket. I always appreciate that. So sign up today at www.trylootcrate.com slash ANWD. And guess what? If you enter the code BRIDGE10, you will save 10% on any new subscription. Drinking with us this week is comedian, fellow podcaster, Billy Presida. So this is actually the second attempt at me and Billy trying to get an Anawi drink on the air. We did a, another one a little over a year ago that never made it to air because, um, yeah, it was just bad. Billy was being a little dickish. I was being a little dickish. It wasn't a good look, so I never aired it. Probably never going to. But this one, this one was fun. If you're ever going to check out the video versions, this is a video version you should check out just for something that happens almost at the two-hour mark. It's still pretty funny audio-wise, but video-wise, it is goddamn amazing. So, sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy, Drinking Buddies. Now we're recording. Oh, yeah. It's late. Well, salute, sir. Salute. Uh, may I be less of an asshole on this one? <laughs> Which the audience has no clue about because you're one of the episodes I never aired. What? I never aired your episode. It never aired? Nope. I'm almost hurt. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes, wait, so why, how was I such a dick? Well, I mean, why come, you know, that has more to do with my childhood, but like, how <laughs> was I a dick? Well, you were still very freshly not happy with me about things I did in the fucking booth. While oh, we- was it in reaction to that? Yep. I don't know why I thought it was before all that. Okay. Wow. No, it was definitely after that. Yeah, definitely. After- <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where I destroy something you love, I believe is a direct quote. Oh, well, then I think I accomplished my task. There we go. <laughs> Great. I feel justified if that was my my mindset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, in review, I'm like, this wasn't a good look for either one of us, so let's not air that. Whatever's clever, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be back. So for the audience, Billy Persida is making his first appearance. My, my first hopefully aired appearance. Yeah, we'll see if we just put this one right in the trash again. You never know with me. I know. It's... We're a minute in. I'm already nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. I'm not actually nervous. Okay. Then be nervous. <laughs> uh, I'm not fucking nervous. How's your fucking AVN, man? Uh, AVN, this year was a little slower for me. I don't know. I was very socially anxious the whole time. I um, I went a- alone. I got to stop going to these alone. I got to start going like with somebody I gotta like bring a date or an assist I just need someone who is who kind of has to listen to me talk um someone to hang out with someone who's like semi-forced to hang out with me hey I am susceptible to bribes yeah well it's just like you know I, I'll get invited to things but I don't I can't tell if they're invites or people are just telling me what they're doing so it'll be like oh we're going they won't frame it in hey like, like, for example, one porn friend of mine, she goes, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, oh, I don't have plans yet. And then I, I was like, well, if you guys need, you know, I basically semi said, hey, if, you know, I got no plans. Hit me up if you uh, after the award show, you're trying to do something. And then like she's not responding. But that's also because I know at that point she's on the red carpet. But in my mind, I, I spin this fairy tale. Where I'm like, yeah, no, she wasn't asking me because like she wanted to see if I wanted to hang out, too. She was just asking because like I was, you know, asking the weather. Um, or I'm the type where like, I like, if you're inviting me to a party, you got to tell me, hi, Billy, we're doing this tonight. Would you like to come with us? Otherwise I just assume I'm not invited. I do the same shit. I absolutely do the same shit. It's like, no, no, I, I'm like a fucking vampire. You have to spell that shit out and invite me in. Yeah. I don't know. I have, well, I have a, I have a weird history where like, uh, I got bullied and I was excluded a lot. Like for, from the age of like, you know, five to 17, I did have one sort of friend who was, who was honest with me which was nice in high school when i would go home for breaks he would uh, you know i'd be like what are you up to tonight he's like i'm going to this party and you know he would be honest where he's like i can't bring you and the subtext of it is like you're too much of a loser i would bring you but they're not gonna let me so let's skip the part where they don't let you in at the door and i just don't bring you out and there was always that understanding where like i respected it because some people would think that's rude or mean i'm like no he's being honest it's meaner when you're like what are you doing tonight and then you lie and say like you're staying in and i'm like oh no worries cool you know enjoy your movie and then i see you know two hours later on social media you're all out and about that's so much worse than just telling me the truth 100 percent, 100 percent. i don't know why more people just can't be honest with people and to be like hey here's the situation much easier. I had a similar situation with a friend of mine's wedding where my co-host at the time was invited to the wedding and they're like, oh, we're just going to Vegas. 
oh, I'm like, oh, shit, I ain't got nothing to do. I'll just roll with you guys. And they're like, well, um, uh, 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 about that. Um, I also like that how, like, whatever, a few minutes into this thing, I've already just built myself as very unlikable. Uh, <laughs> it's like, hey, everybody, uh, if I know you should all be listening to the show right now, uh, but I am a loser, so stay tuned. <laughs> oh, no, no. You forgot that you prefaced it with, we've done this once before, but I was too much of an asshole to air this. Oh, that might explain why I'm such a loser. (laughs) (laughs) I should be nicer to people. (sighs) That's not part of your charm. Uh, I am trying to be nicer. I'm like making a concerted effort to do that and like roast people less, compliment more. Uh, Like I've been like messaging over the last year and a half. I've been like just starting to like message comics randomly and telling them like I'm really happy for them or that I thought that status was really funny. I'm just trying to be nicer. I don't know. I'm trying to put a little bit more positive energy in the world. I'm kind of tired of, I'm tired of just arguing and being mad and ugh, so lame. I'm just trying to, I just want to be able to like, hey, I love that haircut and sincerely say that. That's what I'm doing these days. If anybody wants a compliment, just like, you know, DM me at, uh, tweet at me at the Billy Presida, and I will happily just give you a compliment. His idea of a compliment, though, is to call me, tell me that I look like Jerry Garcia every time. That's a cool thing. Jerry's one of the coolest. I didn't say you look like some, you wanted to be called Stanley Kubrick. That's an insult. He was a brilliant filmmaker. And an ugly chud of a fuck. Jerry Garcia wasn't winning any fucking. Jerry Garcia was fucking. Yeah, and you, you know smell, that you, you know the, smell the people he was fucking for a week <laughs> afterwards on him, right? But he was—I don't know. I feel—I feel like they. I actually am trying to. So my dad is friends with Bob Weir. Long story, I won't get into. But I got—I have a Bob Weir connect, and so I actually have been wanting to reach out and be like, see if he would do my podcast if he's willing to talk about what it was like being one of the biggest jam bands during the sexual revolution. Cause like, I imagine the dead got into some things and if he's willing to share maybe a few explicit stories, I think that could be an interesting episode. Uh, but I'm also really nervous, like, you know, to email a 70 something year old man, be like, Hey, can you tell me about your sex capades from the sixties? So we'll see. We'll see about that. But do it. Yeah, yeah. Do no, I, it. I, I, I ran it by my dad once. He was like, yeah, no, I think he'd like that. I'm like, okay. So I'm just like, I'm waiting for my moment. Don't wait too long. Otherwise, you're going to get points on him. I do have him on my list. He is he is a, an original pick for me in my celebrity death pool. So I would get double points. But like I said, I'd rather record before anything happens. Right. That's what I'm saying. Don't wait too long. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I feel how like many he's points do you, go- How many points do you get if he dies on your show? The, the same amount, sadly. <laughs> there should be a caveat. I would really rather not. My dad would be Harper. I remember my, I've never seen my dad cry. I maybe saw my dad cry once, maybe. My sister said that she, my sister Morgan says she saw my dad cry like three times in, in our life. And one of those times was after Jerry died. My dad's a big deadhead. It's actually, it makes, him, it, makes it even cooler that he's friends with Bob Weir now. Because my dad used to, imagine this. It's like, he, he went to high school, kind of. He went to high school. He would skip high school to, like, go drive upstate and go to a dead show. And now he's friends with the guy. Sometimes he gets to play on stage with him. Bob Weir officiated my dad's second wedding. Um didn't officiate the second divorce, which I thought was a little uh, rude. But, you know, it's like my like just a, that was his hero. And now he gets to be friends with his, it'd be like if Kevin Smith wanted to finally like have me in a movie. And then we were like best buds. I'd be like, dude, I idolized you for forever. And, you know, since I was like maybe 12. 
So I don't know. I think that's really cool. I agree. I agree. I, I believe me. If you want to hear an episode where I completely geek out, I had Dino Cazares from Fear Factory on a while back. Who? The guitarist from Fear Factory. It's a band. It's a metal band I listened to in high school. Okay. So he actually came on and told those kind of stories. He told tour stories. He was like, baby, this is all before I met you. And then just dove into fucking tour stories. Okay. Okay. Like explicit groupies and shit like that. And being as I've listened to his band since the mid nineties, I was definitely geeked out by it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I went to, I, I'm nervous. I would be nervous to meet Kevin Smith because I heard him tell that story about Bruce Willis. And then I was like, man, that sucks. You know, you meet someone you idolize and then he ends up being an asshole. But then I'm like, fuck, like, but what if Kevin's an asshole? Like, what if I were to meet him and then like he Bruce Willis to me? So I almost don't want to meet him just so that like th that facade is never ruined. I got to interview Jason Muse once and that was cool. And I was really relieved that like he wasn't like that he was a good like a nice guy and everything but also you see jason without that makeup and like fuck it, you know heroin did a number on that dude oh well kevin smith's got to be or at least a remotely good guy he put up with muse through all the heroin addictions like let him stay with him at yeah. one point i mean yeah, look i like to think like i said i like to think kevin is a, the nicest of nice fucking guys but also you never know right and like again <clears throat> he thought that about bruce and then he met bruce and then bruce was a dick and then it's like i would just i would be i would be genuinely heartbroken as if he died if i were to meet kevin smith and he was like a kind of full of himself asshole or something i hope not but We'll see. I did get to ask him a question at a Q&A in college. That was nice. He like ranted for 20 minutes. I just stood there wearing a suit jacket over a t-shirt because that's how I dressed in college. I was asking him about his bromance with Ben Affleck. And uh, I don't know. I thought that was the coolest. That was like the closest I ever got to him. I'm I'm really into Kevin Smith. <laughs> Have you watched it and Bob the reboot? I'm on a road trip right now. I live in New York City. So I drove out to AVN. I drove here to LA. I'm <clears throat> going up and down the West Coast. And then I actually don't know what I'm doing after February 10th. So my game plan is to look at that um, reboot road show schedule. And like, I'm just going to make an, a concerted effort. It's like, I'm going to see this and I want to see it in a theater. So I have not seen it yet. And I am planning to because like, I don't know, what else am I going to do? Driving around the country. If they're saying they're in Raleigh, why not drive to Raleigh? Fuck it. Why the fuck not? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but, you know, I really want to see it because, I don't know, I've been excited about it. I was really, I was more excited for Clerks 3, but um, I will I will take this. It just seems like it will be a nice thing for the fans, a lot of, like, you know, kind of fan service. Oh, it's all fan service. I watched it recently. Oh, you did? What, did you get, like, a screener? Or? No, it's available to purchase on iTunes already. Already? Yep. Uh, and it's only 10 bucks, so I'm like, fuck it. I'm in. No, I'll, I will pay for it if uh, if I don't get to see it on the roadshow. But if I remember correctly, like there's some dates left. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I, I haven't really like, followed the the stuff that's outside of the Viusk universe. Uh, Zach and Mir make a porno's fine. Um, Tusk is a little weird. Red State is interesting, but I, you know I haven't been messing around with the Yoga Hosiers or or Moose Knuckle if the if you made it or not. I'm kind of just trying to stay within the universe I fell in love with as a kid. Um, what is great about like falling in love with Kevin Smith movies when you're like an adolescent is that you it's like a Bo Burnham song. You just keep rewatching it and you keep understanding more and more jokes because like I didn't smoke weed regularly until a couple years ago. I didn't even really know what weed was until I was, you know, maybe a senior in high school and stuff like I had never like seen weed. I think I saw drugs for the first time 
legitimately in college. Like I was very sheltered in that way. So, so as I would have friends who did stuff, I would learn terminology and then I would rewatch the movies and then jokes would start making more sense. It could be like, Oh, or this same thing with like the sex jokes. Like, you, you know, when you're 12, you don't understand certain jokes about rim jobs. You don't even really know what a rim job is, but then you finally get your butthole licked and you're like, Oh, that's what he meant by that. Nice. Not by tossing salads. Yeah, tossing the salads. Um, geez, I did not understand that Chris Rock bit, but I still thought it was funny. And then I had my set. Well, I actually never had my salad tossed, but I had my asshole licked. I was like, okay, I get it. With jelly or syrup? I prefer syrup. See, you don't even need to know what the sex act is because the delivery is so good on that shit. Oh, yeah. Chris is great. I saw him at Slave Play uh, right before I drove out here. That was interesting. What's slave play? Slave play is like brilliant. And I feel comfortable sharing like the plot only because it's now off Broadway. Um, Cause previously it's like, you couldn't really tell the plot without spoiling it, but it opens with like three slave vignettes, like antebellum South slavery vignettes um, with some taboo, like interracial sexual acts. But then all of a sudden someone like screams Starbucks, which is clearly their safe word. And all the scenes stop it's like it's three couples they're interracial couples and they're doing like antebellum role play therapy to deal with like the interracial relationships and like racism and 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 race racial based trauma and things like that so the whole thing ends up just becoming them in this group therapy and it's just, it's just fascinating. It was so fucking cool. I took my mom. I told I, I told my mom for Christmas, like, well, I'll take it to any Broadway show you want, not called Hamilton. She said To Kill a Mockingbird. I was like, well, my girlfriend got me tickets to that. So anything besides Hamilton or To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, and so I said, hey, just look around and see what you want to see. She texted me back. Now, I knew about Slave Play. I already, I already knew I wanted to see it because my roommate loved it. Um, and it seemed interesting. But my mom texted me a couple days after Christmas, like, I heard there, I heard good things about something called slave. Let's see that play. And I'm like, slave play? You want to see slave? Okay. There's full nudity in it. It's mostly sexual because it's about like a lot of sexual performance stuff um, in relationship to the interracial like dating dynamics. Like a dude strips down full on naked and we see uh, some full on dong. That's what Bobby Persia wanted to see. I was like, all right, mom, we'll take you. We will take the 50 something white lady from North Jersey and we will... Like she left there being like, oh, I had no idea. You know, it's like, I like to think that Bobby left slave play a slightly better white woman than when she went in. And then that seems like an accomplishment. Hey, whenever you can improve white women, it's always a good thing. Yeah. We're working on like 53% of them. So <sighs> those are some generous numbers. I think we got a lot more than that. I mean, that's the number who voted for Trump. It was like 53 I forget if it was for Trump or if it was 53% of white women voted for that dude in uh, the governor's race in Georgia. But, you know, white ladies, they're the issue because if they're not the issue, then we have to focus on white men again. And I'm just so tired. <laughs> uh, well, uh, exhausting. Absolutely fucking exhausting. But 53. I have ticks. I know you have ticks. That was just one, 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 one of my ticks is rolling my eyes to the top left corner. Okay. Corner. <laughs> like made me paranoid. Like, what, what, what? Yeah. Sometimes I also will flex like a peck, usually the left one. 
Well, um, I, I know about the peck and the stomach touch. You know about the stomach touch? Did we cover it? Is that why? No, I I've I, just seen I, him. I have eye holes. I don't know. Some people are like, I don't know what's going on with him down there. Yeah, no, I tap my belly a lot. I know. It's, just, yeah. it's like you're tapping the keg. Just, uh, it's not a keg anymore, Billy. Don't worry. Just like, ah. It's got to be more than 53% because that's 53% are voted. People who didn't vote are also very problematic. Uh, yeah, but if they're not voting, like, you know, effectively. You don't know how they're problematic. <laughs> I mean, you know, I say it loosely. 53% of white ladies need to be worked on. I, don't, I mean, I'm just, I was just referring to that. I mean, everyone needs a lot of work. There's a lot of shit going on. Oh, it's for not, sure. It's not particularly funny. No, not at all. But I'm happy to rant on it. It just won't be very entertaining. Well, let's not have that. Let's keep you entertaining. Yeah, I don't want I don't want your friend to dub over my voice. <laughs> oh, I'll get a woman to do you. Hot. Can you get that chick? Maybe. Yeah, maybe she'd be more comfortable using my words. That would be a an interesting turnaround. Yeah. It's like, hey, could you say the funny things Billy said? <laughs> I did I say anything funny? I felt like I said I've said two funny things. This whole time. I mean, you know, one funny thing every 10 minutes is okay. <laughs> well, what do you want to talk about, buddy? Well, I want to talk about your road trip. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I drove from New York. Here's the cool thing about road trips is that, like, you'll, I, I woke up one day looking at the World Trade Center, and, like, three days later, I was three time zones, you know, Three, four days later, I'm like multiple time zones over. I'm in a completely different part of the country. We're a completely different <clears throat> environment and climate and like attractions and sites. It's like, I really do enjoy that. Like a lot of people complain about like driving through Kansas or Ohio or Indiana or even New Mexico and Arizona. They'd be like, oh, there's nothing there. To me, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing there. That's so cool. Like I'm thinking I'm, if I see all that farmland or if I see the ranches or if I see the desert, I go like, who owns that? Someone's got to own that. I live in New York City. Everyone owns everything. There's literally nothing unowned. It's like so, someone has to be in control of this property. Why isn't it developed? Where are the buildings? It's like I, I get enthralled by agriculture to see farms. I'll be like, what's that machine do? I've never seen that before. So like to me, it's really cool. You're like a kid a on a field boy. trip. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a total city boy. Uh I mean, I grew up in the Burbs, and I went to boarding school in farm country in Connecticut, but I'm a total city boy. So to see all the different sites I saw, like, again, it's not like I saw a thing. I just saw, like, environments. So I see the farms. I saw um, ranches. I saw desert, and I was like, that's cool. Um, I, But, yeah, no, I <clears throat> actually the first day was driving through a snowstorm in Pennsylvania, and I genuinely thought I was going to die. And I don't say that to be, like, flipping i just mean like i sincerely thought like i'm gonna die because no one else is on the road there's a bunch of snow my brakes are shoddy and i'm just like i shouldn't be out here because no one else is out here i'm the fucking idiot but i know i have to get to pittsburgh and do 25 minutes in a bar show that's what's important not my personal safety um but then i actually got the pittsburgh and like a bunch of fan whores uh listeners of my my podcast um were there one guy had a bag. He's like, here's some whiskey and some cookies. And then, like, he turns out they were weed cookies he baked. And they're very effective weed cookies. Oh, Billy, yeah, they were. Billy fed me one last night. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I gave you one. It's not like I fed them into your open mouth, like, you know, like baby bird. Yeah, I didn't do it. I was in a gold bikini. Billy was standing over me just breaking off a piece of cookie, feeding it into my mouth. Yeah, no, they were good. I, but I got, I didn't knock me out. Oh, uh, I know. We started to put out a movie and 
I, I mean, you put on a movie. You were like, can we watch this movie? I'd be like, you can watch the movie. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> but I was like, I think Matt needs to watch this movie. And I think Matt needs to not be alone while watching this movie. So I will physically be here because I'm trying to be like a nice friend. But also, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> Ten minutes after like the movie started, you were asleep. I just turned it off and left. Oh, okay. I thought you just st- stayed there. No, that'd be super weird. <laughs> really? I don't know. Ah, oh, here's my sleeping friend and my 90s action movie. You were so sad last night. I was. Yeah, man. Yeah. I sincerely had a moment. It was a moment, but I had a moment this morning. So on the couch, I was like, I hope Matt didn't do anything dumb to himself. Yeah, I ate a whole fucking cookie. Yeah, well, that's fine. <laughs> and I, I sincerely felt that on one hand. And on the other hand, I was like, yeah, what if he's like hanging off the balcony right now? And then like. I have to explain that to cops. I legitimately was out loud talking to myself very quietly because I didn't want to wake you. But I'm on the couch talking to myself like I'm talking through my alibi. I And I'm not even exaggerating. I genuinely thought like, I don't know, maybe Matt killed himself. And then, then I might actually have to talk to police today. It even got as intricate as like, <clears throat> well, officer, like I'm going to have to leave. I'm leaving Friday night or Saturday morning because I've got to go up to the West Coast. So unless you're going to charge me for something like I am going to leave then. Um, I also could circle back around like on February 11th for a few hours if you need me. Uh, but like, I'm going to continue my plans. I said all this out loud to nobody. I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm glad that me being minorly bummed last night made you think I was suicidal. <laughs> you seem more than bummed, dude. I was concerned. That's why I checked in on you this morning. Uh, I was like, I was like, my friend seems sad. Oh, yeah, I was sad. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, was, I, I give a shit. Well, you know how hard it is to find like a competent sound engineer? <laughs> or just someone who like randomly hypes me up? Yeah, that's difficult. I can't lose that. <laughs> but also like, you know, life is sacred or something. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Life's meaningless. Yeah. In 100 years, it'll be like neither one of us ever existed. Um. Yeah, but the the road trip was is being fun. <laughs> Sorry, there's like a thing in my. Well, oh, no, just the the segue off of like, oh, just abject nihilism onto yeah. the road trip. <laughs> um. No, it was kind of cool because like this, <clears throat> like this one guy Charlie, he. So I send a text. I send like an email blast to uh, people on my email list, like in Pittsburgh, where I'm doing a show in Pittsburgh, and. Like apparently no one else got it, but Charlie saw it, and then he like texted other people, and then this, then that person texted this other. Person. So like people texted each other. So like a little group of whoreheads showed up at the show. And that was a nice surprise. Um, then I used, then I slept at a listener's place in Indianapolis. Like I'm a professional poor person, uh, so like I will use Instagram and Twitter to like find free places to stay. I'll just be like, hey. You're all strangers, but if anyone has a couch I can crash on in this area, please let me know. This is exactly why Billy was hoping I didn't commit suicide last night because he's crashing here tonight, too. Yeah. If I was dead, he'd be like, I got to find another place to stay. I mean, I'm already still trying to find another place to stay for the rest of this week. <laughs> um, but it was cool that, like, it, you know, there is something to that, that to, like, build a community around something that you make and then to have, you know, kind of people show up for you. So when I am in another place... Like I do tend to find somewhere to sleep if I need to, or, you know, uh, I'm on the road and I was like, Hey guys, you know, here's some really cool ways to help me out. If you want to send me like gas cards or like an Airbnb gift certificate, or like, here's my Venmo cash app. And like, I've already gotten some people who've like sent me like $50 here, $20 here. Like, Hey, you know, stay safe on the road. Hey, use this for an Airbnb or like a motel room. If you need it, if you decide you're tired, you need to pull over. Like, 
you know, it's, it, there's something cool about that. I mean, Jesus, for Christmas a couple of years ago, like um, this couple who listens to my show in Mississippi, they bought me a bed. They bought me a new mat, like uh, they bought me, yeah, a bed frame. So I really enjoy that aspect of like what I do is that there's like a community there and that they seem to really like me because not a lot of other people do. It's like, if you don't listen to my podcast, there's no reason to think I'm cool. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You, you feel that as well? Yeah. I don't listen to his podcast. That's okay. I don't listen to yours. I know. But I still support you. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Much hearts. Yeah. I mean, I generally support you for money, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I don't know. So what? Indianapolis, a crash set of fans played some Mario Kart with her and her very skeptical husband. Cause like we get there, I get there at like 1230 and she's like, Hey, hi, this is my husband. Who's like still a little skeptical that you're staying here. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I am like, look at my face. I, that's a fair you know, concern to have. Uh, but also it's crazy. I just go sleep at strangers places, but that's how I operate in the world as a white man. Like what's going to happen to me? Come on. Probably not much. I mean, no one really wants your organs. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I stay, uh, th there's a fan who I slept with once. She lives in Missouri and we wanted to hook up again. So she got me a hotel room and then we just like, we fucked around in the hotel room. We went out for drinks tried to fuck in a bathroom then realized she was way too drunk and so i had to like nip that in the bud which sucks you ever do that have you ever had to like you're fully prepared you're hard you're like almost opening a condom wrapper and then you're like i can't do this yeah i've definitely had that yeah I've definitely had that happen i definitely was hanging out with a performer friend of mine and we we're just her and i hanging out at her place movie night really i don't have sex with the porn stars that often what are you talking about I'm telling a story where I didn't have sex. Okay. I did not have sex. I was calling him out early, like a couple hours ago. I was like, dude, it sounds like you're always fucking porn stars who are on your show. And he's like, not really. It's only sometimes. It happens occasionally. But then every other story is about you like doing something naked with a porn person. I would be curious if like we got a breakdown of your like your overall sexual partners, like the percentage of which that are porn performers. Cause like for me, I probably count all of them on like one, maybe two hands. And then like, it's such a minimal percentage, but you, I feel like it's like 20%. If not greater. Okay. I mean, it's not bad about it. It's just interesting. Well, the reality of the situation is I don't host a sex positive podcast. So dating in the real world, sometimes is a little difficult. Why? Cause I definitely have, I've had women just, discriminate against me because of my connections to the biz oh that's why they're discriminating against you well that's what they're telling me yeah yeah wait what did they say i had met a woman had to be one of the dating apps a couple of years back talking made plans to get coffee she's like do you have an instagram yeah, yeah here you go a couple hours later i get a text do you work in porn like occasionally like i'm not a performer but I'm never wanting to be but a But do you really? Okay. Like, what do you mean when, when occasionally you, I do PA work? I do non sex roles. Okay. Okay. So occasionally, yeah, I do get. You have won an AVN. Uh, or were you nominated? I was nominated. The movie yeah, I was in won. Uh, who beat you? I don't even fucking remember. Okay. I'm just curious. It was some male talent who was doing a non sex role. Okay. Okay. I do have a lot of industry folks on the show on top of it. Sure. But what, wait, so what did she say when you were like, She's yeah, like, I'd pay do PA work? She's just like, I, I've dealt with too many guys like you in the past i'm i'm not cool i'm out 
Did you clarify like I'm not a performer? Yeah. What do you mean? How many how many porn PAs has she gone on dates with? Apparently, she just discovered. There are definitely more porns. Like, there's definitely more male talent in LA than porn PAs. Like, I feel like there's 17 porn PAs in the whole city. Yeah, and yeah. like 1,700 male talent. The ratio is not quite that much, but yeah. But not, you, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like how how many has this really happened to? Apparently, enough for her to be like, I'm out. But Boo. I. I I appreciate that she saw herself out before there was any emotional attachment or we hit it off or didn't. She seems lame. Exactly. Why should I waste my time finding out that she's lame spending time with her when she just saw herself out? Okay. Okay. But so, so what you think me hosting a sex positive podcast aids my dating? I think it is more endearing than, oh, I get drunk with a bunch of porn stars. <laughs> I mean, when you say it like that, you could also say, like, yeah, sometimes I hook up with porn stars. I do. I do say that. Okay. Apparently, Billy's taking a picture of me. No, nah, I took a boomerang. Oh, good. Even better. You know, I don't exclusively hook up with people in the industry. Okay. Not exclusively. I just do some math on my, my last you know, handful of partners. Like, yeah, it's besides my ex-girlfriend. It's been a while since I've actually hooked up with a civilian. Okay. Well, live your life, dude. No problem with that. Yeah, there is and there isn't. I mean, at some point, why don't you just open up your OnlyFans? <laughs> just start just start performing with people I'm hooking up with? Yeah, start shooting clips. Why not? You're already doing it for free. I don't want to be male talent. Why? I've never had a desire to do the job. But you have a desire to have sex with female talent. Depending on the female talent, it's not. So why not just film what you do with the female talent? I don't know. Maybe I just want it to be for us. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm just trying to read sincerity on your face. Good luck with that. <laughs> the majority of the female talent I've had sex with have been one-off hookups for the most part. It's not mm -hmm. like we've been dating or anything like that. I mean, occasionally there's been some people that like, hey, I'm into you, let's date. And then obviously it's panned out super well because I'm still single. Mm. Yeah, it, it happens. It's just the nature of when you're around a group of people, you know, sometimes connections are made. Okay, okay. I won't fault you for it. Like I said, it's just an interesting observation. Yeah, it's definitely not anything like high school Matt would have ever expected. Yeah, well, high school Billy, yeah, definitely wouldn't have expected all this. I mean, I, I organized four gangbangs last year. I don't think he was expecting that. What would high school Billy say to himself right now? Be like, if he just saw this. How do we make this all happen sooner? <laughs> it's like, it's nice that at 30, you're crushing it, but... uh how can we fix, you know, 16-year-old Billy's problems? I'd really like to make out with some more people. Maybe, you know, maybe finger somebody. How, how, how can we make this happen now and not a decade later? I think that's what you'd say. High school me would just be in utter disbelief. Like, you're full of shit. Why is, why is the older me lying to me? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean I, I'll put it this way. You know, the high school me certainly would be shocked if I found out that not only was I, like, doing well with women but doing so well that other people ask me for advice on like relationships and sex stuff like that yeah that was definitely a shock i mean yeah, that's a shock to everyone who like went to high school or grade school with me they're all like like what you but i also think some of them are like happy it's me because like i wasn't a douchebag kid i was a real i was like a real loser i had no friends i struggled with women i had a lot of self-confidence issues so i think like although it makes some of the 
like faculty from my high school, a little uncomfortable, the subject matter of what I do for work. I think that they, there is a sense of like good for Billy, you know, with them where they're like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I need to see that on Facebook, but like, I'm really happy for him. I think that's kind of the vibe. So at what age do you think that you made, you turned the corner? That I was 17. I mean, I, I should say the beginning of turning the quarter. I think me slowing down, you know, in that when you see the corner, you slow down so you can like safely go around it. Uh, I think that slowing down started at 17 and it was like really more of a moment. And then like there were like three girls I made out with senior year. Woo. Um, no, I went to, I was, I, you know, I had like no self-love, no self-worth, all that stuff. I went to this um thing called people to people it's like a leadership summit it's like basically it's like what a week five days ten days something like that you know you go to this thing you put on your college resume it's it's one of those and but i went and you really the first morning there i woke up i looked in the mirror and i just looked i you know i wasn't wearing a shirt and i was just like oh you're okay like my, my issues, because I have a lot of body dysmorphia. And I think that was one of the first times I really looked at my body and thought like it was like not a problem. And I immediately had confidence. I realized I could be whoever I wanted to be. And I could, being myself, like I could be funny and I could be confident. And I did. And I, you know, I interact with people. I, I kissed three girls on that trip. Big, I doubled the amount of women I'd kiss. Girls, why am I saying women? Uh, it's high school. I doubled the amount of girls I'd kissed in a in a ten day window, and that was like kind of cool. And that was really the beginning of my journey for like self acceptance and 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 gaining some confidence and learning like where I provided value and such. And and in college, you know, it was really where like sexually I definitely started to ramp up, um, for sure. You know, with plenty of issues and faults and learning curves but like the desire from other people was there which was still shocking to me it still it doesn't do it as much but like for a really long time in my life it was i was always surprised when someone wanted to fuck me it was almost like are you sure like that seems like i'm down but it seems like a, a not wise decision on your part and uh, i still say that about myself to this day so yeah i mean i say it jokingly sometimes but like i'm starting to believe it Cause it's, you know, I started identifying as cute back in March. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. Um, yeah, the numbers can't lie at some point, but it is weird to think of myself as like a desirable human being, but it's good. You made that realization. Plenty of people never get there. Yeah. Yeah. But, but turning the corner for me was definitely like, yeah. Um, you know, college was when I was like, oh, sexually I am able to do things. And then, um, you know, I mean, my twenties was really me just learning how to turn that corner and then how to do it better, how to do it more responsibly, um, how to, tr you know, try to be a better partner to people. Uh, not that I'm this like fantastic boyfriend, this fantastic lover now, but like, um, it's, it's a learning, it's always, you're always learning, you're always trying to improve and be better and figure out better ways to communicate and better ways to, um, just kind of be So I'm you know, doing the best I can. Nice. Nice good shit thank you thank you're you you're welcome buddy you're welcome grazie grazie <laughs> and now we drink well i'm empty boo boo would no. you like the rest of knobs creek or do you want me to grab the other bottle no we can do the rest of knobs creek okay i'm older than you are i still struggle with trying to be a good partner mm -hmm. and it's still what's your main fault oh fuck I don't think I just have one. 
Okay, that's why I said your main fault, not your subsidy, uh, your subsequent faults, but your your main fault. I think my main fault is I've been single too long. It's like that Chris Rock bit where he's like, oh, "Fuck," I'm spacing out how it goes, but he has a bit about you know if you've been single so long, you can't. Uh, I'm fucking this up horrible, but the reality of it is, I've been single. Say you're sorry. No. Say you're sorry to Chris. Say I'm sorry, Christopher, for fucking up your bit. No, I know you're a legend and you're one of the greatest of all time. And it was very disrespectful to quote one of your bits if I wasn't able to. So I just wanted to say I'm sorry because you know he's listening. Totally. What Billy said. Say you're sorry. You're not the boss of me. (laughs) You're not the fucking boss of me. Okay. I'm not apologizing for butchering shit on my own show. Okay. Okay. If I had to do that, I'd have hundreds of episodes to apologize for. So, so what's your main fault as a as a partner? No, that I've been single so long that it is difficult for me to be accountable to someone else. Like, so you're selfish? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. I mean, that just what I'm just trying to translate what you're saying. Well, no, it's it's not even that I'm selfish. Like, I am selfish. Don't get me wrong. It's I'm so used to not being accountable to anyone else that. I just absentmindedly continue living my life like I've always been, even though I should be communicating with my partner what's going on with me, what's, you know, shit like that. Okay. Does that make sense? Um, A little bit. I'm still a little, little vague on it, but what's more important is that you know what it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying, I've tried to be better about it. And another thing that, you know, is a huge fault with me is I definitely get involved with people that, I have no business being involved with. Oh, like your ex? Not that one. All right. I didn't know if you told me that in confidence. No, no. I mean, I've talked about it on air already. All right, cool. Um, No, I mean, I've gotten involved with women that I had really no interest in. Mm. So why why are you getting involved with them? I don't know. You kind of know. You're too old to not have an idea. I, I know why I hook up with people that I'm not necessarily into. I mean... Generally, it's just a sex thing. So just to come. Yeah, sometimes it's just like, oh, yeah. Uh, you want to rub genitals? Cool. I have trouble doing that. I got to feel a connection to the person or I can feel a connection to the scene. Like someone's like, hey, you're going to come into this apartment and she's going to have a gimp mask on. She's never going to see you. She's going to be on this massage table. I'm completely making this up. This isn't, I'm not drawing this from my own personal life at all. But uh, hey, you're going to come in and you're going to fuck my gimp mask you know, fucking mistress. Uh, she's never going to see you. She can't blow you like you had originally asked because uh, she's wearing a gimp mask and you're just going to fuck her and go. And like, I can get into that because it's a scene and I can be turned on by the scene. But otherwise I would just, I need to be into the person. I need to like have some kind of conversation or some sort of assurance that you're into me specifically, not just the fact that like I'm a dick to you. Um, so no, I definitely, I definitely need that. I but sometimes I do it because it's, uh, you know, I'm lonely. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've definitely hooked up with some people because I was drunk, horny, and lonely. And it they're like, oh, hey, want to? Sure. See, in those cases, if I recognize, like, I don't know if I actually really want to, but, like, I'm a little, I'm horny and or lonely and I still want the validation, I will counter with, like, okay, not fuck, but how about, like, just I come over and eat your pussy. To me, that's, like, low stakes enough and something I can do and it's, like, harder for her to turn it down. Because, like, if I if I reject, because, I mean, you, I read you some texts earlier. I get in trouble with women 
for not fucking them, which is very strange. Um, but I feel like it's like it's like uh, they're a little less disappointed if I make it seem like I don't want to fuck that night, but I propose oral because like they're still getting something good out of it. And then I'm like, oh, I get to go do something I know I'm good at. And then that's like a sense of validation. Even if uh, even if I'm not into them, I'll be like, oh, no, I did like I did work tonight. <laughs> well, I think a lot of women think it's odd when a dude doesn't want to fuck. Yeah, they, because they take it personal. Every, well, because every because they think it's about them because they think every dude is hardwired to want to fuck nonstop all the time. Anybody. And so if you don't want to fuck them, then it's about them. And no, if in fact, learning that I don't have to fuck everyone who is consenting, um, it was so freeing and empowering for me because I was like, oh, like I do have agency too. I am, a, I yes, I'm a man, I guess, and I, but I, I can choose who I want to fuck or not fuck. Um, I don't have, to, I don't have to fuck people at obligation. I don't have to fuck just because I'm, just even, even if I'm hard, even if my body is turned on. If I am not in the mood to have sex, like I do not have to have sex. Doesn't make me less of a man. I can, you know, for the same reasons women are allowed to say they don't want to have sex, and they're they do not have to fucking justify it. I don't have to justify why I don't want to fuck somebody. And if I say like, hey, I don't really want to fuck tonight, but like. I'm I will finger fuck you very well or I will eat your pussy or let's hang out and jerk off together. These need to stop being things that are considered um consolation prizes or like an affront to you. Like consider it like you just want to share a sexual space as Nina Hartley will say. And you you know whatever that space looks like is what it looks like. Let's all stop you know making penis in the vagina to completion the end all be all let's let's expand our options oh my god is it exciting to know that there are more options than me putting on a condom and ramming it into you hoping i'm hitting the frequency that you enjoy i would so much rather make out and like slide a couple fingers in you and figure out exactly what's going to make you involuntarily moan rather than me piling my my penis which can't bend at all and just hope it works. Because if it doesn't work, ah, oh, cool. Now I'm inside you knowing I'm not pleasing you. And you know I'm not pleasing you. But we're both going to finish. Boo. Fuck that. Do you feel the need to pleasure women that you aren't necessarily into? No. If I'm not into them at all, I would be like, no. Or, like I said, I might propose like a mutual masturbation thing. Like, hey, I don't know if I'm feeling this. But like, I'm really horny. You seem really horny. Do you want to like hang out next to each other and jerk off? Maybe make out a little bit. <clears throat> Cause like, I don't think that should be considered an insult. I mean, I think that's better than like, Hey, let's just go home. Especially if we're both horny. If you're both horny and you're just like, I'm not into you, but like, I want to come right now. Let's just fuck it. Let's go. Let's like take our clothes off and jerk off. That should not be seen as this weird thing. There's too many people who are like really tied to this penis goes in a vagina and if not it goes in her mouth and if she's lucky maybe he'll lick her twat there's so much more there's so many more options available like why do we limit ourselves puritanical standards i don't fucking know why people limit themselves. i mean a rhetorical question but yeah it's a, i just want to implore to your audience like expand what you think sex means and oh my god the doors just open wide it could just be it could be someone spanking you while you stroke your cock that can be sex 
And like, isn't that so much more interesting than that? But you know, thrusting in the way you do with everyone else. Depends on who the everyone else is. Right. I'm just talking typically. It's just nice to have more options. Yeah. Variety is the spice of life and all that fun shit. All right. No, but I've definitely, yeah, I've definitely had sex with people I shouldn't have had sex with. I'm sorry to hear that. I have not fucked someone I shouldn't have fucked for a while. Oh, it's been. I a, hope you join me in that club one day. I don't regret that fucking. The X? Yeah, don't regret it. You should. Why? Uh, look at how much fucking pain it caused you. Yeah, well, it did. It does, but. You can all hear the pain in his trepidation, right, everybody? Like, I'm, it's not just me here. I just want to make sure I'm not crazy. Like, you can all tell that he's, like, uncomfortable, a little nervous about it, and 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 kind of just, like, he's pausing. I'm pausing, yeah. I'm considering. Because even you don't believe what you're saying. Oh. I do. I believe what I'm saying. I 100%, if the opportunity had presented itself and I hadn't taken it, would be kicking myself about not taking the risk. Meh. I would. I 100% would. We don't know that. Hasn't happened. I know myself well enough to know that I would be kicking myself over it. It's just, you know, how I operate. I mean, why is that? I think the best way to go through life is trying to do what you'll regret less in the long run. I guess time will tell on uh, which one you will regret less. Like I said, it doesn't sound like she has a healthy connection for you right now at no fault of her own or not total fault of her own. Um, it doesn't seem like a healthy thing. So like I said, I still think you should delete and block not out of malice, but out of self-preservation. And I think I'm fine. And like I said, you didn't look fine last night. And if we ate a weed cookie and we kept talking about it, I think you're going to not look fine again. And that's why I thought maybe you were hanging over the balcony. <laughs> and that's why I checked in on you when I when I left the, the apartment this morning to go to the gym, which you did not go to. And you were in bed and I was. So I just want everyone to know them better than you. Uh, so, But that's why I checked in because I was like, you, you seemed really raw and rough, dude. Yeah, I was. I mean. It was still a lot to fucking process. Yeah. Raw and rough about it. But I'm also not like... Are you going to do it again next time she's in LA? Who knows? Well, I hope you can go from who knows to no. We'll see. We'll, we'll absolutely see. Ooh, commit. <laughs> Take a stance. Well, then it, it says backbone on your arm. Have one. Well, in that case... Yeah, I'm going to go right back into it. Boo. Wrong answer. What's the tattoo that says backbone? Luck favors the backbone, not the wishbone. What's that from? It's a quote from Doyle Brunson, a professional poker player. I mean, I know who... I know... Look, I'm an addict. I know who Doyle Brunson is. Okay. Don't condescend to me. I was talking to the audience. Oh, I think think a couple people have Doyle Brunson in the death pool. (laughs) No, not Doyle. I... I, Yeah, no, 100%. I forget how many people have him, but I... Because I was helping my friend Eric do the list because like you know it's a lot of work for nothing so i was helping him like spell check everybody and uh going through the master list doyle brunson was in there and i was like i know who that is no one has peered in a grand you or anything but i think that was the only poker player on the list okay okay one dude tried to sell us on like because like celebrity is a loose definition oh definitely but like one dude tried to sell us on this one terrorist but like 
was like, my argument to the to the admin was, I if I Google a terrorist name and he doesn't pop right up, that's not a celebrity. But if that terrorist has a Wikipedia page, he's on the FBI's most wanted list, that's a celebrity. But like this one guy chose some random obscure dude who's like, oh no, man, ABC reports that he might maybe be the new number two. And I'm like, he sounds like no, he sounds like a nobody though. What I don't are you know. For? I was Googling Billy Proceed to see if you popped up first. Uh, it's always between me and my dad. So which one used the celebrity? Both. Can you put your dad on the death pool? I I could if I wanted to, but I don't. I don't hate him that much. I'm, I'm not also saying- like I um I, you know I get inheritance when that happens. I don't need to win an extra like two hundred dollars uh, off of that. That seems like excessive. Double down, man. Double down. Why no, not? It's not even close to double. <laughs> no, um, I don't know what your father's fortune looks like. <laughs> It's not really fortunate. It's more like uh, well, it's more than two hundred dollars. Yes, more than two hundred dollars. Now, I my my first my first uh, business card in comedy when I was in I was junior in high school. It was junior in college. This two thousand nine or two thousand ten, and I I got my first business card. Same business card I have today because I just I feel like I nailed it. And it's just a simple card and it says, "If you Google me and find an old guy in a suit, that's my dad." <laughs> well, you pop up first. Yeah. Fuck you, Billy Senior. I got the SEO going now. I mean, he's number two. I well, yeah, clearly we're the only Billy Priscilla's that matter. And he's number three. Yeah, but we jostle a lot. That shit fluctuates often. Yeah, yeah. Go to the, click on the news tab. Tell me who comes up first. Probably him. Him. Yeah. yeah. Where, where's my first article? I get press sometimes. Um, uh, <laughs> dude, don't I, do you have to scroll that long? Yeah, ah, uh, no, NorthJersey.com, Norwood yep. Man Sex Life, subject of live podcast. My dad got that for Christmas. My dad, um, framed that article, and I and I legitimately almost uh burst into tears Christmas morning opening it because I was like, oh, I think my dad is finally proud of me. And then he kind of ruined it. And then he, he basically he framed three articles that he had been saving. And like I said, I'm feeling very emotional Christmas morning opening it. Cause like the record that the one you, you just read, that was the first one I read. And that's like arguably the biggest one. That's, I mean, I've been in the New York post, but like that was that, that's like the, uh, the newspaper of record in North Jersey. It's, you know, it's a big paper and he had that framed. And I just, I opened it. I saw that. I was like, Oh my God, my dad, He's, he's so proud of me. He wants me hanging this stuff and I get really emotional. And he's like, but then he ruins it. Cause he was like, yeah, you know, uh, my, uh, my Korean framer, he said to me, uh, yo, wow, you must uh, be very proud. You should be very proud of your son. I don't know if he could understand what he was reading though. And I'm like, oh, dad, ah, you ruin it with just a pinch of racism every time. Oh, Ugh. It's, it's not even racism. It's more like microaggressions. Like he doesn't hate Korean people. He just thinks the guy because he's Korean can't read the slutty stuff that he was framing. Yeah, that, that's a little racist. A little, it, it's not. Yeah, little. but it's not. It's not out of malice. It's out of like true ignorance. It's like a microaggression. It's like going up to someone who's Chinese and being like, "Hey, when did you come to the country?" Even though they're born here, I feel like that's less like um, overt racism. Uh, maybe not over some right term. It's just it's not malicious. It's like more of a microaggression. It's just ignorant. Yeah, my dad's a little ignorant, but he's also a fifty-seven-year-old white guy from North Jersey, and a rich one at that. It looks I'm, like I'm doing the best I can with him, Bobby. My mom, I, you know, look, we took her to slave play. 
She's learning. I, I give her one article on sex work decriminalization. I said, could you please read this? She takes five minutes. She reads the thing. She goes, I had no idea that the cops could just harass women that they think are prostitutes or because they have a condom. That is terrible. How do we stop this? See, we get Barbara. She's she's learning. She's coming along. Dad, I'm just like, can I get you to go into a ballot box and hit the right button? You know, I'm working on them. Did your dad vote for Trump last time around? I don't know. He went from saying that he voted for Trump to saying he didn't vote at all. My <laughs> my dad's also a registered independent. I'm not for nothing. I'm also a registered independent. Everyone's talking about the primaries. I can't vote in them. Uh, Same here. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, what if it was an open primary? I was like, it shouldn't be. Like A primary is supposed to be close. That is a thing for your party. I should not get to vote. Like a Democrat should not get to vote in a Republican primary. And likewise, I should not be able to vote in just any primary I want. Um, anyways, my dad's a registered independent. He, he hates all politicians. But um, I, I, I will always be like, so how's your guy doing? He'd be like, don't call him my guy. I'm like, you voted for him. That makes him your guy for four years. That's how voting works. Next time, vote better. So I tell people in the South, a lot of people in the South will be like, what? We're not all a bunch of hicks. We don't all hate queers. We don't all, we're not all racist, blah, 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 blah. I'll be like, yeah. But the people you elect to office, the people you voted for are, and they literally are representatives. It's in the name. They are your your con your 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 US representative. It is the like, House of Representatives. It's, yeah, House they when you vote racist as your representative, we think they represent you. If you don't like that we think that of you, vote for someone who's not like that. And you know what? Until you're that particular party gives you a different option, you may have to press a different button and then demand that, you know, your local party say, hey, can you give us one who like doesn't hate queer people? Or primary against them. Right, right. So so I, I always get a little whatever when people go, well, we're not all like that. I'd be like, well, the people you sent to represent you nationally are. So that's what I'm going to think of you till you do better. Uh, no, so my dad, I don't know if he voted for Trump or not. I know my mom did not. My mom voted for Hillary. My mom's a registered Republican, even though she, I think she voted for Obama at least once. She voted for Hillary. My dad either didn't vote or he voted for Trump. I don't think he knows what a third party is, so he definitely didn't do that. Hey, as long as he didn't vote for fucking Jill. Uh, yeah, well, nah, he's in New York State. It doesn't matter. Like, honestly, it doesn't matter how he votes, but like, I, kinda, I just want him to do better. I'm trying. We were at dinner once. I was me and my sisters and my dad, we were at dinner and he was like, it's like at the peak of Me Too um, coverage. He's like, look, I'm just saying like if uh, if somebody said that like I harassed her at work like that, you know, I hope you'd be on my side. And we're like, all, I think all my sisters reacted the same way. We were all like, oh, no, that's not how it works, dad. It's we, you know, look at evidence and listen to stories and believe women. Uh <laughs> We were like, like he's thinking loyalty, and we're like, no, like, just don't harass women at work. Yeah, people's loyalty is how Me Too came about. Yeah, <laughs> so many fucking people just enabling and being fucking quiet. Yeah, so, but but we work on Billy Senior. We're working on for Christmas before I give him my gift. I gave him a piece of paper, and I had the the names and phone numbers of all of his like uh <clears throat> like his U.S. senators and reps, but also his like state senator and his like local rep and his mayor. I got the numbers. I was like, hey, you know, you can call them if you have a complaint. If you don't like something they did, just you know, you can call. 
It's powerful. I called Josh Gothheimer because he was considering censure over impeachment. I was like, I called him. I was like, if he does that, I will dedicate all my energy to primary, making sure he has a primary challenger. <clears throat> then I told my mom that she's like, Joshy, no. I was like, that's how like a local overrep he is. That my mom feels comfortable calling our congressman Joshy. I'm like, he must have grown up like down the block if you do that. Um, I don't know. I'm trying She's to like, get... I remember when you used to trick or treat here. Yeah. It's like, look, I'm just, I'm just trying to get like my family a little bit more conscious of you know political things because they're all upper class, except for me. Everyone in my family makes good money or collects alimony enough to make good money. And I'm just trying to get them all conscious of like other people's experiences. Cause like me, like mine's going to mimic some other oppressed groups at least financially in the sense of like, I'm on Medicaid, I'm on Medicaid. So like my sisters don't qualify for that. My, my parents don't. So I want them to know like, Hey, I was just really fucking sick. And you know what? I went to the doctor. I had $0 copay. I paid $2 for my prescription or, Hey, I went to urgent care and I did this and I didn't pay a fucking dollar. And there's one party that wants me to not be able to do that. There's also certain like, you know, candidates in the primary field, uh, primary field right now who maybe don't want me to do that as easily. But the idea is just like, I'm just trying to expose them to stuff. Be like, hey, you know, like queer people kind of live this experience and you maybe you don't surround yourself with as many or the ones that you do are also affluent. So the money kind of offsets the queerness. Um, and it's just, it's just trying to, hard, it's, you know, just trying to expose like a white North Jersey upper class citizenship to you know new ideas and new experiences it's difficult but i think it's, a, it's an important work for everybody and i know a lot of people are nervous to go home and like talk to people about politics in their family and you know they're all like oh why can't we just have a nice dinner but like also if you're like white and straight and cisgender or like at least a combination of those things if you're upper class if you're college educated like it is a privilege to just want to have a nice dinner because you know what there's a lot of people who they're trying to have a nice dinner and I say trying because they're fighting on the way to dinner. They get pulled over by a cop and they're worried if they're going to die. Um, but like I said, there's a lot, there are a lot of cowards out there. I just wish people would be a little more courageous with their family. Um, you know, there once was a time where I think it was okay to go home for Thanksgiving and be like, you know, I'm not going to get into a fight. It's fine. It's okay. This is not that time. It's it's too it's too extreme. Everyone's like, Ooh, we, we did this. Be, be, be. I mean, look, we would not be freaking out if it was President Kasich or President Rubio. And as terrible as he is, I don't think we'd be like this if it was President Cruz. Um, it, it is different. This is extreme. This is an exception, and we need to treat it like exceptional times, which means grow fucking backbone, not a wishbone, and make shit uncomfortable when you go back home. I sure as hell do. See, I don't have to. Why they're dead? Some of them. Oh, good for you. Um, but there are less battles to fight, right? No, the majority of my family is pretty liberal. Sick. The only ones that aren't is my very rich uncle, and there is he's very rich, so there's no reason that he's gonna. It's like no, this shit benefits me. Like, look, Bernie said it the best, though. Bernie, I mean, Bernie. I should clarify, Bernie's not my guy. He was my guy in 2016, and I will be happy if he's the uh, the candidate. I'm personally Team Warren. You and my mother. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Warren's great. I think this is the right time. Bernie's a little old for me to be comfortable. Um, even though I know he'll be 
Trump in a general. Honestly, everyone's like, I don't know who's going to win. Everybody except like Tulsi Gabbard and maybe Joe Biden can beat Trump. Like vote for who you want to vote for. Stop worrying about who's going to win. They can all, almost all of them can win. Um, but like my sisters are really liberal. Like everyone's liberal. My dad's more apathetic than liberal. Yeah, like it's just, that's more the thing. He's just apathetic. But Bernie, he did um he did a speech in um Brooklyn last year, and the idea of it like it's a big long speech. But at the end of it, the last like eight minutes, it's centered around this question of like vote for someone who isn't like you. And it's exactly what I've been trying to like boil down and tell people with my listeners, my family, friends, vote for someone like not like you. And he didn't make it just identity politics. He wasn't like, if you're white, vote for black people. If you're straight, vote for queer people. He's like, if you will, are you willing to vote? Are you willing to help people get healthcare? Even if you yourself have good insurance, like it's that type of thing. So that's the type of message I'm trying to relay to my dad and family. Vote for someone who's not like you. Well, on the universal healthcare front, my argument has always been to everybody. Your lot in life is not guaranteed. Having your health insurance tied to your employer, yeah, universal health care may not benefit you today, but it may benefit you tomorrow. Right. There's no guarantee that your corporate overlords will be like, mm, and we're slashing your job. Yep. Or that your children may not need it down the road. You, sure. come, you come from a fairly decent background. Yeah. I'm sure your parents never expected you to be on Medicaid. Probably not. They all thought I was going to be a lawyer. And I don't take money. I don't like go ask parents for money. Like, I, like my parents aren't paying my rent or anything. Right. Um, and you know what? They, If I really sold it the right way, I probably could get them to. But I don't. Right. But that's the thing. Your lot in life wasn't guaranteed. Right. Right. Stere you know, stereotypically, you would have gone on to be a lawyer and had. You know, I mean, I chose a poor lifestyle. But yes, right. I understand what you're saying. Right. So it would be in your parents' best interest for them to support universal but they don't see it like you know they, they don't see it like i mean my like i said my parents pretty liberal compared to all the, you know they're not like like my mom's a registered republican but i think it's because she um doesn't go like change the paperwork because honestly if you if you ask her all the questions they would probably more align with the democrats and my sisters they are liberal I don't want to say progressive because I feel like progressive is a little more radical and I don't think they're there yet, but they're like, yes, we love queers and yes, this, but also like they make good money working at Salesforce. So they're like, I don't know. I, like, I feel like they could get swayed with like a tax fucking, you know, argument. And it, but again, it comes down to, I keep trying to remind them, like, please remember everyone else. And again, once the GOP gives us a candidate that's pro queer, that's pro-black people voting that's pro-women owning their bodies i can't wait for the day where i'm an undecided voter because that's all it's going to take i just need to hear those things and i'm ready to listen to you on taxes defense health care borders all that shit but if you can't pass these ba this basic litmus test of civil liberties for all americans i don't care what your stance is on anything else and i'm trying to pass it on to my sisters trying to remind them that like just please always remember that there are people less fortunate than you. And they're not just less fortunate just because shit didn't work out. They're less fortunate because they were born at a disadvantage. And I just want you to remember and appreciate that, which means sometimes voting against your own personal interest because it's actually better for the country. Well, in most of those cases, honestly, you'd benefit from it too. Um, yes and no. But like, I'll put it this way. They might, but they also might not. But a lot of people would. 
And it's a lot of people who were already dealing with a disadvantage because of the various identities they were born as that they had no control over. You know, it's not like me where like I chose to be a fucking artist person. I could have gone to law school. I could get a real, I could get an editor in chief. I was an editor in chief for like a half minute, um, like a year ago. Like I could go get job jobs, but that's not what I want to do. Um, but that's more of a choice. But like, you know, if you're born queer, if you're born of a different color, if you're born, you know, we're, the religion one's weird to me because technically you can choose that. But the idea of like, if you're born into like certain aspects of your being, you shouldn't be at a disadvantage. And unfortunately, our society is still full of people who want to put you at that disadvantage. Even if the law says technically you're equal, if the people enacting those laws still see you as unequal, then that law actually doesn't matter still. So oh, I agree. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just so important for people to do the work at home and make shit uncomfortable. And I think it's very selfish to be, um, an intersection of privilege and not make shit uncomfortable because you can kind of, you can carry that and, you know, people well, it all, but it also depends on how you make it uncomfortable because you're not swaying hearts and minds with just being like, fuck you. You're wrong. Right. But that's not the, that we, sh no one should start with fuck you, you're wrong. I agree. But when we just blanketly say, go home and make it uncomfortable, we should specify ask, how. Okay, how, I mean, I, my dad got an honorary doctorate last year. Um, and now he's like, hey, you guys gonna have to call me Dr. Prestida. And I'm like, nope, not, never happening. My dad didn't go to college. Um, and now he's got a doctorate from uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. So I go um, and I went to this little like, um, you know, he wanted to have a little dinner. I had a dinner with him and his girlfriend. And his girlfriend's very nice and very polite. But, you know, there was something that definitely was uncomfortable for me in that the guy who was like the, um, the speaker, he didn't work for school. Like He also had an honorary doctorate and comes to talk about things. He's kind of talking about like, oh, pulling up from bootstraps and this, that, and the other thing. Like any of you can achieve anything. But like, it, it wasn't just that he said that, but at this particular graduation ceremony, like I'm looking at the crowd and the stack isn't some sort of prestigious university. Like I'm looking at the crowd. It's a lot of black and brown in this crowd. And the guy speaking, he's a wall street CEO white in his like fifties. It was very tone deaf of him to say, you can all be anything you want to be. It's like, no, they can't sadly right now. And I try, so when I'm at dinner with my dad and I'm like, oh, this is great. This is cool. This is cool. I, and I was like, oh, you know, I did, I did, you know, I didn't think, you know, anything, there's a fault of the guy. I don't think anything malicious there, but I was like, ah, I thought it was a little tone up when this guy said this. And my dad's girlfriend, you know, he, she immediately got very like, tried to change the subject to something entirely different. And that's what I mean by making it uncomfortable. Just the mere mention of race, me just being like, you know, he was telling a, a group of mostly black and brown kids that they can be anything they want to be. And I was, thought it was a little tone deaf because like, unfortunately right now they can't until we get this revolution fucking going. And she got so uncomfortable that I even mentioned race. I didn't say anything negative about it. Didn't say, didn't call anyone anyone racist, right? I didn't even call the speaker racist. I just, I said tone deaf. Um, she, she got so uncomfortable, she tried to change it to some super far out left field topic, but that's making it uncomfortable is mentioning it. I didn't get into a fight. I didn't tell her like, Hey, I didn't like go like, Hey, I can't believe you're diverting. Blah, 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 blah. It was like, I took a mental note, but I do know I made her uncomfortable, but I think that's good because she's probably, you know, she is a 40, 50 something year old white lady in P 
Piermont, New York, she's very comfortable. And it's not bad to be comfortable, but I think it's bad to to kind of rest on that and to not do anything for people not like you. So that's what I mean. I don't mean go home and tell everyone, fuck you. Because if your home life is that bad, that like, and that hateful and that prejudiced, that the first words out of your mouth need to be, fuck you, maybe don't go home, stay with your chosen family. But, you know, we should all be making it uncomfortable by mentioning it, by talking about it, by acknowledging it. Um, if, you know, it, there's just a lot of people too scared to do that because they don't want to like start a scene. But fucking start a scene because no revolution, no change happened because we all played nice. Fuck no. Yeah. And I want you all to know that you heard that from a cisgender, cisgender straight white guy. Hey, what's up? Just represent. <laughs> I'm a little tipsy. I, I can tell. Okay. Welcome to the show. Can I, can I request things to be cut out or no? No, you ain't got tits. What? Boo. I am kind of got tits. No, nope, not if you skip dinner. Fair. Not I guess I'm not going to be able to drive. Uh, not voluptuous like me. You oddly, for as like big as you are, you don't have tits. I don't. It's very strange. I feel like I have bigger tits than you, even though like I am a smaller man. You are. Yet you don't have tits. That I'm. I'm kind of mad about it. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, I feel resentful. Hey, it's okay. Shit happens. Okay. Just the genetic lottery. <laughs> you, the the picture of genetic lottery. Hey, I don't have tits. <laughs> this should be your Tinder bio. <laughs> hey, at least I don't have tits. <sighs> yeah, then I'm gonna I'm gonna go change that right now. Be like, yo ladies, I ain't got tits. What does your Tinder bio say? Red flag wholesaler. I don't get, oh, because like you're full of red flags. What's the nose mean? Nose goes, I got you. Yeah, okay. I, I was agreeing with you. Mine just says like, uh, mostly looking to go down on pretty people and eat pizza. Nice. Actually, I think my- Tinder, I'm actually ignoring like four Tinder messages. Well, thank you. For, for you. Proper podcast etiquette. I want you to know that that's how much I appreciate you. You're just letting them marinate. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> not seeming desperate. I'm not desperate at all. No, I'm, just, I, I'm only desperate in the sense of I have a time crunch. I'm only in LA till a certain day. For sure. For sure. Uh, actually, and I have to start swiping in, you know, the Bay Area in Portland. Portland should be fun. Yeah, but in Portland, I'm mostly going to be with my girlfriend. Um, we'll see. Hey, maybe you guys get a third. Oh, yeah, we do that sometimes. She wants to go to the strip club. She said the last time she went to a strip club, she ended up making like a hundred dollars because she apparently got up on the stage and danced for a long time and at like four a.m. and everyone was encouraging her and even the strippers like, yeah, let her go. And she like, so like she blacked out and didn't remember that. And apparently she woke up and was like, why do I have all this money? <laughs> well, Portland's great. It has more strip clubs per capita than anywhere else in the U.S. Yeah, but I feel like everywhere that says that's like, I feel like a lot of places claim that stat. No, but it's actually Portland. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, the quality of strip clubs, like when I was telling people about my route, legit, multiple times people told me, go to the strip clubs in Portland. And they also said, don't go to the ones in Seattle because I'm also going to Seattle. And they were like, no, you don't go there. You got to go to the ones in Portland. So actually, Megan and I are really excited to go. We are 100% going to go to one. Um, 
when she flies into Portland and meets me. Uh, we're doing a cute thing. She's going to fly and do some of the do some of the road trip with me. She's going to go from Portland to the Bay Area with me. We're going to drive the the drive. Did I say words there? Or did I just no? You just slurred all of them. You just slurred all of them. All of them together. Oh, welcome to hour two, everyone. Uh, oh my gosh, what is this? You made it weird. How many hours do we do? Seven. <laughs> Jesus. Um, we're podcasting until sometime tomorrow. So we're she, doing this for Lou Gehrig's disease, though. Yeah, but how many people are actually pledged? We'll find out. Okay. Uh, she's gonna she's gonna meet us. Meet me. Us. It's just me. Oh no, I'm coming too. Ah, oh, shit. Okay, it's cool. I got seats. Um, you can ride in the trunk. So she- thanks, Billy. I got seats, but not for your ass because you don't have tits. <laughs> exactly. Um, you want to see him? Just one. Oh. No, that was. Oh, not necessary for the camera. The camera does not want to see that. Um, she's going to fly out to Portland. We'll do a night in Portland. Then we're going to go down the Pacific coast highway for a few days, kind of enjoy that. And then we'll do a night in the Bay area and then she'll fly home. Uh, that'll be a nice little boyfriend, girlfriend trip. It's supportive of your art too. So I have a, I have a, I have a gift waiting for her. What I do you got for her? I was driving through New Mexico and I saw a billboard. You bought her a billboard? That would be dope. Uh, I bought. I saw a billboard for like jewelry, like Native American jewelry. Pull over here, petrified trees. I'm like, I don't know what those are. I ended up buying her a bracelet, and I was like, I don't know. It is weird buying jewelry for a girlfriend because like I do not know jewelry, so I'm mostly going through Instagram looking for like where she's wearing a bracelet, and I'm just trying to look for bracelets that kind of look like other bracelets she owns. I think she'll like it. We'll see. She'll like it because you bought it for her. Yes, and no. Like she'll she'll appreciate it no matter what. It's a matter of if she actually wears it. Because there's only like one outfit I know she wears. I'm like, this definitely goes with that outfit. But we'll see. We shall see. I, I want you to report back and be like, yeah, she's rocking it. I probably won't, but I'll try to. I'm just going to text you every day. But like, she wearing it yet? I mean, that's if you text me every day, I will answer. That's easier than me remembering to check in. Just every day, I'm gonna be like, yeah. she wearing it yet? But it's but she it's, it it's a cute bracelet. I don't know. I feel like she'll like. I, I'm, look, I can't buy her gifts often. She's the way richer one in the relationship. But I was like, I found something in my budget. Let's do it. Let's give it a try. I'm, try, I'm trying to be a good boyfriend. I've I've been such a bad boyfriend apparently. So many times before, I'm just trying to like be better on this one. So why do you think you were a bad boyfriend in the past? Uh, let's see. Uh, it's the subject of my podcast. <laughs> um, with Paige, the, Paige and I broke up three times before we like fully um, called it off. Up until the first breakup, I was just like not a great boyfriend and I was very cautious about feelings and such. Like it took me a very long time to like grant her the title of girlfriend when she clearly wanted it. Um, I was very, like she said, I love you. And then it took me like three months to say it back. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah, That's pretty bad. And were you feeling it and just not saying it or I was, I have a history of saying, I love you to people. I actually end up not being in love with. I was so nervous about saying it and not meaning it that I just like really dragged my feet. It doesn't help that she told me she loved me on a rooftop in Bushwick while an orgy broke out around us. We were lying there just looking up at the stars and she's just like, I love you. 
And I didn't know what to say, so I didn't say anything. And in my pause, she goes, it's okay if you don't say it back. I just wanted to let you know. Aw. Right. But I'm freaking out. I understand that. Um, and then I And then I knew, like maybe a month or two later, but then I was like, Ooh, it'll be cuter if I tell her at New Year's Eve. So I probably waited an extra one or two months to say I love you just so I could say it at midnight on New Year's Eve, which sucks for her because then she's saying it multiple times in this time period. And I'm like, at first, I'm not saying it because I'm not sure. And then when I am sure, I'm not saying it because I'm like withholding it for comedic timing, <laughs> not comedic, but like for timing. Um, ugh, who the fuck am I? Uh, but after the first of the three breakups, I definitely changed course a lot. And I was a lot more, you know, I, I feel like I was a really good boyfriend in the last like six months of our relationship. We dated for 22 months. I wasn't a terrible boyfriend for all of it, but for the last six months, I was like, I think I was a really good boyfriend with Shay. I mean, it was a three month relationship that felt like three years for how ugly and loud it it broke up in that one. I feel like we just both would argue. We both kind of were unreliable narrators when we would retell things. And in that one, I, you know, I, I think I let my neuroses and my argumentative nature, my need to be right overpower me. But then again, I think, I think they were a shitty girlfriend for this just as much as I was a shitty boyfriend, but in different ways. And with Megan right now, you know, I'm just trying to do my best and making sure she knows she's appreciated. Cause I think in the early stages, maybe the first three or four months of the relationship, me and first like three months of the relationship, she didn't feel love. She didn't feel, um, she, she didn't feel really cared for adored. And I just worked really hard to make sure, like, I'll put it this way. I never want, like, for whatever, like, happens with us, even if we're in a fight, I never want there to be, even if she's, like, upset with me, even if I said something wrong, I never want there to be a day where Megan doesn't think that I think she's beautiful. I never want there to be a day where she thinks that I think that she's, like, not that great of a girlfriend. So I'm okay if we fight. I just want her to fight with me knowing like yeah he's being an asshole right now but like also he knows i'm a babe because she is so i'm just like doing my best and i mean if, that's all you can do right that some would say uh but you know after like six almost six years of interviewing my exes on my podcast i like to think i'm learning some lessons and and finally now that i'm 30 um this is my first relationship in my 30s just really trying to uh, to practice what I've been learning. And like I said, try I, all I try to do is be better yesterday than today. And I'm going to try to be better tomorrow than today. And I will fuck up in the course of all of that. But that's the best that one can do. Definitely. And I got to say, I meant to say this earlier in the show. I was thinking about this before. I look like I've lost weight. Thank you. Still got voluptuous tits, dog. As you were saying, <laughs> I was about to pay you a compliment before you before you crossed the line. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. dove right over that motherfucker. Carry on. After trying to interview my ex recently, I have to give you a ton of fucking props that you were consistently doing that and consistently have the mental fortitude to do that shit. 
I just wanted to say, like, I thought it'd be a fun experiment to, you know, step into your interview style, step into your shoes for a minute, and I fucked it up royal, and it was fucking bad. It's okay, man. It takes a while to, like, learn how to interview your ex, though. Dude, listen to my <clears throat> my early episodes. Like, it's it's rough. It's sometimes uncomfortable. <clears throat> in my early days of doing the podcast, I mean, early days as in up to, like, last year, I interrupt a lot. It's worse when you're interrupting an ex because then it's like you're just doing what you did in the relationship. Uh, no, it, it, you know, I, I appreciate that. It's, you know, it's definitely something learned. And just like each one is so different. So really, I'm, I'm, for a lot of them, I'm really starting. I have to I can't even use the skills I learned from a different one because that was how I interview Allison. But how I interview Emily has to be entirely different. But I do learn a lot of things in, in each of them. And, um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cool way to, it's a cool way to make a living for sure. And I learned that I'm never doing that again. Practice makes perfect, dude. Oh no. I'd rather just have fun conversations with people while drinking instead of, I mean, and if it gets deep and personal, awesome. Cause they do go there, but I'm don't think I have the skill set to be like, yo, why didn't we work out? I just asked a porn star that on Sunday. It was not the reason I thought. <laughs> Spoilers, come on. What, what? Oh, yeah, my friend Alexis Alert, like I was just like, "Hey, like I thought we stopped fucking because she became monogamous with this dude her her current boyfriend." No, they're open. We just stopped fucking. It was a little less personal. She's like, "Oh, I just haven't been like fucking anyone outside the relationship even though I can." But like I didn't think that. I thought like Oh, yeah, she really likes to fuck me, but, like, she can't because of this guy. She's like, no, I'm so in love with him. I don't want to fuck you anymore, <laughs> even though I can. But then she's like, hey, if you open an OnlyFans, like, let's do a scene. I was like, okay. Uh, so, sign for Billy's OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look look out for it. I, I think I'm going to start with Sex Panther and see how that goes. See who wants to text with you. I, look, I got fans of various genders who are, like, want me to give them some sexual attention. Hey, I'm not knocking it. If the money's coming in, do it. Do that shit, bro. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it! No, but I don't think I have the skill set. Why are we staring at the cameras? Yeah, I'm just checking in on the cameras. You are a little drunk, huh? No. Yeah. I haven't eaten the weed cookie yet. Yeah, let's not do that. I need you a little, a little coherent for the show. I'm so coherent. So coherent. Look at me. I'm very coherent. I'm a coherent boy. You can clip that. That's the that's the thing. You that, that's the promo. Yeah, that's the promo. Uh, <laughs> I'm a coherent boy. He's a coherent Did boy. Did you hear me? I'm a coherent boy. And I don't have tits. He does not have tits. He, oh my god! For the audio audience, Billy lit up like it was fucking Christmas morning. I don't have tits. Oh my god! Anywho, no, but I I do not have your skill set to do it. It got bad. I'm not doing that shit again. <laughs> then again, I don't have that many exes to fucking actually interview. So. Well, you should still release that one day. I told her I wouldn't. Boo. Hey, when I tell someone I'm not going to release it, I won't release it with their voice. 
Yeah, but that's what you that's what you get for saying you won't release it. That's what I'm booing. I should make Brandon Brocato record my ex-girlfriend's parts. Who? The person who did the redacted episode. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think you should release it as is because I think that will be more raw and real. But whatever, you know, you li live in the Matrix and eat that steak. I'm going to take the red pill and see where the rabbit hole goes. The rabbit hole went to a lot of fucking uncomfortable pauses. That, but uncomfortability is where growth comes from. Or just horrible. If you're comfortable, why would you grow? Uh, generally through gluttony, but. I'm just telling you, I think you should release it. Not tomorrow, but one day you should hit her up and be like, hey, you know, like I was just thinking about that episode we did and I re-listened to it and I chopped it up a little bit, but I want to release it. And that's that. We'll see. I first have to maybe be able to get through it myself because I started. Hey, going, folks, listeners, what do you call your listeners? Do they have a nickname or? Yeah, they're my drinking buddies. Drinking buddies? That's cute. Uh, hey, drinking buddies. If you want to hear Matt's episode with his ex girlfriend of a significant length, um, shoot, what's the email address here? Oh, uh, shit. Just do give they me not have one. I, DM him on Instagram. What yeah, do you want? Give me on Instagram or Twitter. DM him on on Instagram and I guess Twitter, but just DM him and say like you want to hear it because I want to hear it, but I don't want you to send me the file. I want to hear it on the fucking feed. <laughs> Billy, who doesn't listen to my show, I'd have to be like, by the way, download. if you said I put that episode out, I would go download and listen, and then I would give you a minimum of four, possibly five stars. Oh, you're so nice. Doesn't it upset you when you get four stars? Be like, come on. You have the energy to sit down and do the, the the rating. You even wrote a review. You couldn't just give it five. Like, I know you feel four, but you like me enough to give it four. So just give it five. Right? Don't fuck my rating. Like, if you gave me three, I wouldn't think you would give me five. But at four, you could feel four and say, I feel like this is a four. But I, I like Billy enough to give him five because I know it helps with the stuff. Four star people. Who the fuck are you? I know. You're almost as confusing as two-star people. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it should be one or five. It should just be five. It should just be five. But if you hate me for whatever reason, I get your one. I don't get your four. I've definitely gotten a couple one-star reviews. Okay. Including one person who just said my voice is atrocious. Who? I don't remember the dude's name. Okay. But I was thankful that he listened. I'm thankful that he spent the time for my voice to irritate his ear holes. Fucking no. I, I don't know either. I like how you look at me like, oh, what are you going to do? I'll be like, it's your show, buddy. You lead this way. Oh, I get to lead? Yeah. Oh, my God. I get to lead. Oh, thank you, Billy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not giving it to you. I'm just reminding you. <laughs> oh, my God. We're, we're on my show? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, bitch. Oh, my God. I, put, I, I, I had my hosting skill set, and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't need those. I left them in the car. And the other bottle of whiskey, you bastard. Yeah, that is true. I didn't know we were going to get through all Knob Creek. There might be some in my flask if that flask is here with us and not in the car. See, I told you before the show that we didn't have enough whiskey, but no, Billy didn't believe me. I didn't want to walk. No, I, I believed you. I just didn't want to walk to my car. I feel like, that's a lot of fucking effort. It's a whole three blocks. Oh my God, whole three blocks. Yeah. Oh my God. So far. So far, Billy. What are we going to do? I don't know. We're going to die of dehydration with no whiskey. Oy. We're going to have to switch to vodka. Warm vodka. I don't know what that means. 
Uh, it has not been chilled. Drinking buddies, it, does it matter? I don't know. Oh, yeah, vodka definitely should be chilled. Hey, drinking buddies, I, I want you all to message me. I, I just want to hear from, I just want to know who you are. I think you're just amused that I call my listeners drinking buddies. No, I like it. I think it's appropriate. I thought I thought you were going to say drinkers, but then I was like, ah, oh, that's lame. Drinking buddies is better. I'm trying to think like if there's a better one I would do for a show called and 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 now we drink. Yeah, drinking buddies is good. It is because honestly, the whole goal for the show is I want the audience to feel like they're sitting in this chair right here, like we were at a bar and they're just overhearing our conversation. Same. My show's like I want you to feel like you are sitting in that chair jerking off to what we're talking about. It's, it's similar. I call mine fan whores or whoreheads. Well, and that makes sense for the man whore podcast. Yeah. See, I'm weird. Like, I don't want to ever refer to my listeners as fans. Okay. Well, if you're, I mean, this doesn't apply to you, but for those like podcasts with where it's literally just their friends listen. Yeah, that's weird. But, you know, when you got actual fans, I think that's fine to say. If you think that's uncomfortable, try fucking them. It's fun uh. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately looking at my demo most of my listeners are male so sorry dude sorry dude not gotta fucking. get gotta get those lady listeners like me so you've got to be more sex positive instead of just you know, having porn stars on everyone's like billy you're all sex positive and lame i'll be like and i'm having such better sex than you <laughs> i have never said you're lame to your face no not to my face i've never said you're lame okay I was making a joke there, Billy. Don't worry. Oh, do you do comedy now? I, I'd like to think of myself as a... Man, I was being so nice until I drank whiskey. <laughs> this, this God is how damn it, go, it. This is how it starts to go last time. I just didn't shit on your show before you got on. So. Oh, man, I was trying really hard. I, I think of myself as a comedic personality. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No, I can't be a fucking stand-up. Fuck no. I don't have the writing chops for it. Okay. I no one's that. making you. Trust me. We don't need another one. You're like, another fucking Jew? We don't need another one of those. Don't need another. I'll, we don't need anything. Five-year hiring freeze is what we need. Unfortunately, Netflix makes it. Netflix right now with comedy is like fucking ESPN with poker back in the day. It's like, oh, my God. So much of it's fucking there. Anyone thinks they can fucking do it. I mean, that's been going on since long before Netflix. I, I interviewed Kevin Pollack in like 2012, 2013. And I remember he was telling me like back in the eight, he was like back in the eighties, you would say to someone like, Oh, I'm a, you'd be like, I'm a comedian. And I'd be like, Oh, that's really cool. That's really interesting. Um, and then in the nineties, he said he would tell people I'm a comedian and they'd be like, Oh, my cousin's a comedian. And he's like, today I'll be like, I'm a comedian. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. It's 100% accurate. And I've had people be like, oh, you're a comedian. I'm like, no, I am not a fucking comedian. I'm no, he's no. not. No, he's not. <laughs> Thanks for reinforcing that. Buddy. Anytime, Thank buddy. Thank I you. care about you. Please don't kill yourself. Don't worry. I'll kill you first. Don't do that. I mean, if you are <laughs> going to kill yourself, don't take me out with you. Just, I'd prefer you do neither. Well, I'm going to do neither. Good. But I'm going to take him out first. But Block her number. I'm not blocking her number. There's no need to block her There's number. There's such need. I'm not texting her. Yeah. I'm not texting her. Okay. There are plenty of other people that I can devote my attention to at the moment. Oh, really? No. Yeah. I don't know if it's reciprocated, but I'm trying. You hear that? You hear that? Drinking buddies? He's rolling in the puss. 
I got so many people I could text right now. I got all this coochie coochie. Not bragging, fuck. I'm saying I have other people that I can devote my attention to. I don't know if it's reciprocated or not, but I'm trying. Okay. It's better to at least you know, holler at someone and figure out where it's going than backpedal like that shit. Okay. I got I got nothing uh, nothing to add to that. You got nothing to add to that? No. And it's not, the problem with having a drinking show with a lightweight. I know. I know. I'm sober. That's disgusting. I know. I could drink more. I mean, I can drink more. I just like I I feel like I can maybe drive you should not drive. I definitely can't drink again and drive. I know that. You should not drive. Uh, I can pass a field sobriety test right now. I might ask you, depending on if I get pulled over tonight, I might ask you to cut this part of the episode. Right, exactly. <laughs> Anywho. And like burn the tapes. <laughs> right, like, like, none of this happened. Mm. Don't take this to court. <laughs> I actually at one point was talking about putting in a breathalyzer as a segment in the show at the end you should i don't know i got advised by a lawyer to not do that why the liability of like if you left here now and got in a car right right right. you know but then it's just more like if someone can't drive then you should just pay for an uber back it'd be worth the gag i think so too but i was advised by a lawyer not to do it. it it's only if you don't like make sure they get home Right, but in some situations, I have no control over that. Yeah, you do. Like, I did a I did a reality show, Date Night Live, on Lifetime. No big deal, everybody. Uh, not on his IMDb, sadly. Yeah, not if it's... Look, they accidentally set me up with a Trump supporter, and they had no idea. Because they just assumed that, well, there's no way, like, a 29-year-old lady in New York City would be a Trump supporter. They found, like, the one. Some producer fucked up Royal there. He did, and I genuinely believed him because, like, he was a gay Muslim British dude. And as soon as she left the bar, um, after like the whole thing was over, he ran out. He's like, "Billy, Billy, I'm so sorry. I had no idea because everybody was supposed to have like a thing to reveal on the show. It's kind of the idea, like, um, they put us on test dates. So the test date I went on, who actually I wish that was my real date because I thought she was super cute. She's a she uh, was like, I think. 35 or 40 but she had a kid so that was like her reveal my reveal was supposed to be that at the time i was um in an open relationship i I was still dating Paige at the time so my whole thing was like oh i have a girlfriend and whatever um the producer runs out of the bathroom area when she leaves it goes billy billy i'm so sorry i had no idea her thing was supposed to be that she's 29 and still lives with her parents but it turns out her real thing was that, like, she's a Trump supporter. And those uh, are the parents. Doubly unattractive. Yeah, yeah. Because their parents are probably Trump supporters, too. Right. But, but, so, Lifetime, because this liability thing, and we were drinking, um, they actually put, everyone who did participate in the show got put in an SUV, not just in the SUV, with a security guy in the SUV, separate from the driver, to literally visually watch me walk into my apartment building. Basically, like, to limit liability. It's like, they're not even going to drop you off and hope you get inside. He's like, my job is to make sure you're inside your apartment building, and then we leave. If you want to go outside right afterwards, that's on you, but they want to make sure you're literally inside your building. And I was like, ah, interesting. I don't got that lifetime money. You don't have the lifetime money. Um, but yeah. So at the advice of my counsel, 
the party lawyer. I do want to own one. I want to have one in the car just to know. I don't mind taking the Uber if I have to, or just like sleeping in the car if I have to. But be careful with sleeping in the car. Why? You can get a DUI if you're sleeping in your car. Not if your car's off. Yes, you can. You can't. One hundred percent. Explain. So it depends. If you have the ability to operate the vehicle, you can still get a DUI if you're sleeping in your car. Not, no, I'd have to actually operate the vehicle. No, I'm dead serious. I am dead serious as well. I, because I'll put it this way if you're sleeping in your car in a place that you can't be, the officer is going to be like, well, you need to drive away from this place because you can't legally be in this spot. Um, and then as soon as you turn on the ignition, then he can arrest you for the DUI. So but I can only get like, ticketed for being in a spot i'm not allowed to be in according to california law a driver can be arrested for a dui if they're found sleeping inside their vehicle while intoxicated and this is from expertlawfirm.com well that seems to be california let's see let me find another article if the cars if the keys i'll put it this way i'll have a really great case if the keys are not in the ignition and i'm not sleeping on the shoulder of a highway i'm pretty sure i'd win it's fine i'm not worried about it so you have to have the keys not in the vehicle at all. That would be a tough... Th- I, I'd, I'd be able to argue that with a judge. Depending where the car is. If I'm on the shoulder of a highway, it's different. But if I'm like in the bar parking lot, if I am in a driveway thing, if I am in a park and ride, I could argue that I was already parked there. And then after a night drinking, I realized I couldn't drive. I just went back to the park and ride and just slept in the car. I didn't drive to the park and ride Um that's fine, but obviously, if the keys are in the ignition, the you know officer has a, a, a case there. But is this what your listeners want to hear us argue about uh, DUI law, of which neither of us are an expert? Well, I'm googling, which is also not ma- that still doesn't make you an expert. Anywho, but yes, you can agree to disagree. Why don't we put it to the test, Billy? Why don't we just get you out there trashed in your car sleeping? Um, if, if it wasn't so late, I would go ahead. I, I would feel confident driving to the open mic I was going to go to. Well, no, no, no. I just want you to sleep. I'm going to call the police and we'll see if you know, put your theory to a test. Shots? All that pause was where the audience is probably laughing. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. He says shots. Have you ever done a shot, my lord? What's a Malort? It's a liquor from Chicago. I will do a shot of it if I can pee while you pour it. All right. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. Billy's going to pee. I'm going to pour the Malort. Let's do this. All right. Drink it, buddies. I got the Malort. So as soon as Billy gets back, we're going to do a shot of it. This should be fun. Haven't done a shot of Malort on air in a minute. It's going to be a good fucking time. Oh, this is going to be fun. And Billy's back, and we're about to do shots of my lord. Shots. Well, I'm doing a shot, and you are doing a shot, so we're doing shots. Okay. Okay. I'm here. Oh, you're filming me? I can film you, too. Okay. I can take out my thing. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. What what are we doing a shot to? I don't do shots for no reason. Oh, we're doing shots to do shots of my lord, and that you're in L.A. 
I will settle for because I'm in LA. Cheers, Hello. buddy. Cheers, buddy. Oh, 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 it won't leave. This is what I imagine ass tastes like. Oh, because I don't eat butt. Oh, fuck you. It's fine. Right. I did one too. How, how? Fuck you. How much more do we have here? That just, oh, that just <laughs> ruined this for me. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck this guy. He's not a good friend. I thought he was a good friend. He's not a good friend. Fuck this guy. Oh. 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 So that is a Chicago tradition. <laughs> that hurt. I didn't like that. I'm sorry. No, no bueno. No me gusta. It is Swedish liqueur. No, it tastes like death. I'm well aware. That's worse than limoncella. Limoncella is tasty. No. No, my lord is definitely. Limoncella is terrible. And that was way worse. Oh, yeah. No, my lord is still absolutely horrible. I'm not going to feel bad if I barf anywhere after that. Like, as long as it's not on my gear, I don't care. I, I'm not going to make promises. You wanted to put that in my body. I'm not I'm not liable. You okay? Yeah, it just that was gross. Like I didn't need food tonight. Remember you were like, oh, you're gonna want to eat later? I was like, ah, you know, I'm probably good. You know, I eat this thing. I'll probably I, you know, maybe I maybe the tiny bag of chips, not a normal bag of chips, but like a tiny bag of chips. You know, like the the dollar, the dollar bag of chips, because I eh, just a little something. No, now I might need an actual thing. I might need an actual like 10 piece McNugget just to get that out of my fucking body oh you're an asshole what do you want to talk about <laughs> Billy's like now i'm in the hostile mode no go now yeah now go you be a host because i don't <laughs> Ugh. i thought we were friends we are friends i did a shot with are you. we are we i yeah, did a shot with you you like that no i don't then why do we do a shot of it For why do you even have that because it's uh, just to fuck with people yeah yeah well, fuck you but it's worth it no i mean if you want to see something truly horrible i could show you me drinking like my lord no. straight out of the bottle no that just no that gave me things yeah one of the worst nights in my life was our friend's bachelor party where a bar thought it was fun to buy us rounds and rounds of Malort, and i had to do a ton of shots of that shit okay oh that was terrible oh yeah no it's it's probably still lingering it's definitely still lingering for me I have no words right now. This is me in protest. But it's like, I'm just going to be silent for the, on the podcast for the remainder of the show. Just out of fucking protest. I'm just going to look here and uh, be pretty. Hey, how you doing? <sighs> you drive this conversation, motherfucker. I will. Put that in my body. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was non-consensual. I, I just effectively, you know violated your trust all right what do you want to talk about bitch what do i want to talk about besides your horrible life experience right there yeah besides do, it besides strip clubs in portland what do you got going for the rest of the road trip what else is going on what? i actually don't know where i'm gonna be after february 10th i have some ideas I where are you gonna be on the 9th 
Uh, well, so I um, Saturday is the first, so I'm going to drive up to the Bay Area. Um, uh, I've got an interview up there. I might have someone that have sex with like that time period. The second is the Super Bowl, and since the Niners are in it, uh, and I think my future brother-in-law will be in town for it. I'm going to try to like link up and watch Super Bowl with him. Then I drive up to Portland. Um, I might go like have a little mutual masturbation session with like a, a listener in between. And Portland, I have some like people to network with. I've got like a podcast or two um, to do. And then my girlfriend meets me there on like the fifth or something then we're going to drive down the coast like i said go to the bay area on the ninth she flies out and then i have an interview on the 10th then i don't know i think i'm gonna go fuck a fan in arizona on like the 11th or, or 12th and then i think i want to go to new orleans or mississippi if a li- i have a listener i have a, a high school hookup that I'm going to see if I can get her to agree to do the podcast, in which case I would go to Virginia. Um, I might go like hook up with a fan in South Carolina. I, you know what? Look, I had a tour set up and a lot of the, the show dates fell through. So I'm kind of trying to turn this into a little bit of a fuck trip. You know, go have sex with the people that I like to have sex with or who've wanted to have sex with me who just don't live in New York. Um, just going to kind of tour this dick around the country a little bit. Uh, do a lot of episodes like, you know, also on this trip, I'm doing a lot of recordings. I'm here in LA, got a lot of uh, guests out here. I'm recording with some people up north um, and then seeing if there's any other exes along the way. You know, for example, if I can get like three or four exes in Florida to agree to do the show, I'll go stop in Florida. And then the idea is to get back to New York by the 20th because my girlfriend's going to go to Brazil for like two weeks on the 21st. So it would be nice to see her before she leaves. You should. But also, there's a fan who's going to be in New York from the 19th to the 23rd, and it'd be nice to also like get naked with her before while she's in town. <laughs> I think you can make both happen. Yeah, we'll see. But I am excited to go uh, to do the drive with with Megan. That's going to be really nice because, like, also we both enjoy some fun like public hanky panky. So I'm going to remind her to bring dresses. That's the big frustration. It's like, babe, I would fuck you so much more often in public if you wear dresses more often i know it's cold but it's so much more difficult for us both to wear pants and accomplish this task uh but yes that should be fun and then like i said you know i i I now want to go see her before she leaves town because i love her and um have you told her you loved her already oh yeah yeah, i have not made that mistake again good so i told shay that i loved them like two months in maybe sooner and i told and that was probably an overreaction to making Paige wait way too long. And so I feel like with Megan, I found a healthy in between. Uh, I told Megan I loved her, like, I think in September, maybe. Yeah, I think September. Yeah, she told me in like August, September. I told her September, October. So I didn't wait as long. And you guys are Polly, right? Yeah. She lives with her boyfriend of over two years. You totally down? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still like working on how I interact with him, like in person. We we we're not using the same space as often. He also like has a very different work schedule. So like, even if I do sleep over when he is technically sleeping at their house, you know, like they have a guest bedroom, and he like will get home. He's a bartender, so he gets home maybe like after we go to bed. But we get a, we don't not get along. I'll just put it that way. I haven't pissed him off yet. I'm awesome. trying to keep it that way. That's awesome. I personally, I don't think I can do polyamory. 
I that's can, okay. No one's making you. I know. No, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I appreciate. It's just weird. A lot of people will be like, "I don't think I could do the thing." And it's like, but no one asked you. Well, thank you. Which that's is almost like a way of otherizing the the way of life. Because, oh, I'm not knocking it. I'm saying I don't have the tools to do it. I'm just saying you never like meet someone who says like they they're like a Rams fan, and you don't go like. I don't know, man. I don't think I could ever root for that team. Like that just, it's, it's like, I know it's not intentionally. Um, I don't know if condescending is the right word, but I'm going to use it because I can't think of the right word. So it's, I don't think it's consciously condescending, but it is, there's a tone of it where it's like the only reason to address that you couldn't do it is because it's so out there in the first place, because you don't say I could never blank with other ways of life often. You know what I mean? Like you hear someone goes for a road trip or, I mean, not even that. Like, if you hear someone has this job, you know, you rarely go, I mean, I could never, like, be a mathematician for I work. don't know. I just said an hour ago I couldn't be a comedian, so. I, the, well, the fact that it was an hour ago says something about the length of the podcast, but. Uh, I'm exaggerating on how long ago it was. I But, like, but are you, you know? It's I like, might be. I don't know. I'd have to play back what um, I. But, but just, I think there's something. It's a very common thing where with non-monogamy, people go well, like, I could never. And it's like, but no one asked. Well, that's the thing. I could do non-monogamy. I can't do polyamory. Okay. But again, it still comes back to like, no one asked. Uh, I mean, one of the people I'm trying to talk to right now is polyamorous. That would be a better context to say such thing. I'm dating someone who I'm hooking up with someone who's polyamorous, but I'm not sure if I could do the thing as opposed to saying, I can never be polyamorous well, I, in reaction to me saying I am. You well, know, what no, I, mean? I was the, the, I was trying to pay you a compliment that you were able to do it. But like, I don't think it should be. I think everyone should be doing what's best for them. That's, I mean, that's even then. I don't think exceptionalizing my my way of life is is complimentary. I think just kind of treating it like it's anything else. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. It, again, I don't think it's conscientious. I think a lot of people say it. They don't have. I'm not. I'm not disparaging. Right, right, right. I don't think that's your the intention with most people, but like it's oh, still. Oh, it definitely is with some people. With some, but for others, I think they don't realize what they're saying is, and and that's why I bring it up. Fair enough. I'm. It's like telling like if you met someone and they said, like, "Oh, what do you do for work?" I'm an accountant. What do you do for work? I'm a porn star. Oh, I could never do porn, bitch. I didn't ask you. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like that. Okay, fair enough. As I said, try and talk to someone who is declared polyamorous so i don't think i have the tools to do the job and that's okay yeah i may okay with non-monogamy i'm perfectly okay when it becomes becoming emotionally attached to multiple people or you know it become beyond the physical i don't know if i have the tools to cope i mean you're still working on like dealing with one at a time so i get it yeah yeah. Yeah. No, I've never had two girlfriends at the same time, but like, you know, this is my first, this is probably my first truly poly relationship. Cause before it was like, I was dating people who they were also poly, but no one had romantic partners. We all had a lot of other sexual partners. Right. And that's, that, I'm okay with the sexual partners. Right. So this is, a, this is my first, like, this isn't the first time I've like called myself poly, but it's the first time I've done a poly relationship, but it happens to be that she's the one with the two boyfriends. It's going all right. You know, there's been no complaints between us. Mm, the Malort. She's had complaints about each of us individually, but it's um, like he and, I, he and I are fine. Where do you see it eventually going? I mean, I've been dating her for seven months. I'm just like dealing with like not being a shitty boyfriend. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, that whole first year is just me like trying to not suck and then taking it from there. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like she doesn't want to be married. I don't need to be married. He doesn't need to be married again. No one's trying to have kids right now. There's no reason to think about like where it's going. It's like, this, this is my girlfriend. I love her. I want her in my life. I don't see an end in the near future of it. So there's like that whole conversation of where do you want to be going? I'm like, where it is like this is where where we continue to build intimacy and grow closer and closer and have a lot of interesting experiences and such like i'm we're on the path that i want to be on that's the important part you're on the yellow brick road you're going off to oz yeah but but there is no but that's the thing there's no oz it's just we're on a yellow brick road and it's great it's okay the wizard was an illusion anyways yeah yeah, yeah. no i saw the movie did you yeah Oh, don't look at me and shake your head. This is your show. This is your ship to sail. It is. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I finally get to take the hosting gloves off. It's a You're relief. Like, I don't have to do shit. I can just sit here and be like, what, Matt? Say something. Yes, Ask me questions. Exactly. Oh, such a relief. I know. It's such a fucking relief. So as you go down the, I don't fucking know. I, no, no, no. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. It's okay. So do you think of yourself more of a scarecrow, a tin man, or a cowardly lion? Ooh, that's actually a really good question. Um, I have brains. I don't have I, I have emotional intelligence, but it's very much learned. That's difficult. I'm probably a cowardly lion. Yeah, I will go with that. I bounce between the tin man and the cowardly lion personally. I think you have more heart than you're giving yourself credit for. A lot of days I don't. No, I think you're mis. I think you're um, confusing cowardness with the heartlessness. Oh no, I I could also say something like that too. But if I'm being honest with myself, there's a lot of parts that would make me think I'm a tin man that are really just cowardice. Like the, at the heart of it is cowardice. It's not like I don't have a heart. It's I'm afraid to feel. I'm afraid to connect. I'm afraid of this. You know, being heartless. I mean, that's really more sociopathic. And you're, you're not a sociopath because you've already expressed um, sympathy. And by being able to do so, it just means you're not a sociopath. No, I'm not a fucking sociopath. But I've definitely treated some women wrong. And Right, but I don't think that's heartlessness. I think that's just human. I think that uh, I, 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 you I would probably be more of a coward than anything. It's oh, possible no. you're a scarecrow, but I think you're more cowardly oh, no. than stupid. Well, thanks, Billy. Thanks. Anytime. No, I'm definitely more cowardly than stupid. Yeah. But I've definitely been heartless with a fair number of partners over the years. Yeah, but you have to think about where was the heartlessness coming from? Was it the heartlessness coming from fear or were you truly being like a sociopath? I think the Tin Man is, I mean, not is it the portrayal, but in, you know, if it was a philosophy. It's the metaphor. The metaphor of the Tin Man is supposed to be a sociopath. He's got no heart. He can't empathize with other people. As soon as you can empathize with other people, you're not a Tin Man. You could be stupid. But you're not a tin man. I don't know why I'm protesting and trying to sell myself on being a tin man. But there are definitely, I mean, I, I'm not a sociopath because I feel guilty about my behavior. But in the moment, there's definitely been some partners where, like, I didn't give a fuck about them. I was only there because, like, nah, this feels good. Yeah, I don't think that's sociopathic. I don't think that's heartless. I think that's a sexual encounter. I think you're fine. Yeah, we'll see what the shrink says. We will. I hope you're... Are you going to go tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to go... So from Drinking Buddies, I'm going to go sign up for therapy tomorrow. I am going to check in on you on that. Okay. 
Because you're you're sadly like probably one of the top ten friends I've got. Oh so God gotta, damn, that's that's depressing. And I feel like that means I've got to check in when you say you're going to do a thing. I got to make sure you do it. I'm one of Billy's top ten. That is fucking depressing. I mean, I think through your own stubbornness to be so, but yes, <laughs> you. I've warmed to you, and I'm like, oh, he, I think he cares, so I should care too. So I do, and I will be make. I will be checking. If you go, and I hope you do. I, I love that he thought I might have committed suicide last night, and his only really, I thought you were going to commit suicide early this morning, but yeah. Why early this morning? I don't know. Maybe I mean, I would imagine if you did, it would have been after a long night of drinking by yourself while I was asleep. Yeah, I didn't drink a drop. There was also like a minute, and it was like a short minute of a short minute where I thought like, what if he killed himself and like also tried to set it up as a last act of willpower to make it look like I did it? Wow, that would suck. You would have woke up with a gun in your hand. Right, something like that. Like, oh, maybe he, like, while I was asleep, he put my finger, he put things in my hand so my fingerprints were on them. Oh, yeah, your fingerprints are on These four. These are all very real thoughts I had this Your morning. fingerprints are on four of my guns now. Before I did my morning pages, this is what I thought. Do you own guns and are they here? Oh, yeah. That's something I want to do with Megan on the trip is I want to go to a shooting range because she shot a gun. I've never shot a gun before. Oh, yeah. I mean, your fingerprints really are on four guns. Okay, just don't tell me where they are because I, I have issues and I don't need to know where a gun is. What What's your issue with firearms? No, I'm, no, no. I have an issue is I'm a sad boy and I just... Yeah, I'm not letting you shoot yourself with my guns. Right, just don't tell me where they are, though. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. I won't tell but you where they are. I do want to go to the shooting range with Megan because I've never shot a gun before. I think, and I think that would be like a fun thing, like a, a date to do. No, it is. I actually used to take women on as a first date to go shooting. Yeah. Multiple times I've done that. It's a good first date. Good. Most of the time, though. Definitely taking a girl on a date to go shooting and resulted in her hysterically crying because she just couldn't deal with it. This is a fairly safe environment. I'm sorry. Misread the room there. It's like this makes me remember Parkland. <laughs> No, I mean, well, actually, that's fair. You know, one of my, my, my favorite fantasy football team name that I ever had, and I've had a few good ones. I've had stuff like Adrian Beats' his son, right? Stuff like that. My favorite team name I ever did was um, Cam Newtown Massacre. <laughs> it's my favorite one. Nice. I, I appreciate Thank the you. fuck out of that. Did you win that season? I think I won that season, but um, I think it was Adrian Beats' his son. I was in like four or five leagues. So I think the Cam Newtown Massacre team didn't win, but I did win that year with a different team. I think I won with Adrian Beats' his son. Not quite as good. With Ezekiel Elliott, my first round pick. I made a little um, graphic. I found like a jockey and a horse, which I found out later might have been mildly racist, but I put Zeke's face on the horse's face and put my face on the jockey's face, because honestly, I rode Zeke into the championship. Yeah, that's a little racist. No, but it was like... I mean, it's a little unintentionally racist. I was just riding this particular player into my championship who happened to be black. But he also happened to be like the one of the best running backs of the year. So what are you going to do? I won, so not make a gif of you riding him on riding him down the field. I would have done if it was Philip Rivers if he was still doing anything. I mean, I'm not here to judge. No, you're here to ask fucking questions. Oh, 
That's what I'm here to do, Billy Percy. I'm here to ask you questions about your things and your life and the thing. Is your show, and I am the guest. Are you? Are we doing the Man Whore Podcast? Do you know where you are right now? Yeah, I, I almost could drive. I could drive in 20 minutes. You'll still be tasting Mallard. A though. glass of water in 20 minutes, and I can drive. I don't think you should. Man, I better never get pulled over for your DUI because like this episode's gonna be used as evidence. Oh, I know. I'm gonna send it to the defense attorney. Great. Oh, wait. I am the defense, so I appreciate that because then we could kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not gonna call the cops on you sleeping in your car. Just to prove a point. I'm gonna let you sit with that one as you look for me for a response. I got the response I needed. Okay. Please Venmo Billy Money for his legal defense. Uh, yeah, my Venmo is at Billy Presida. That's P-R-O-C-I-D-A. My cash app is dollar sign man whore pod. And my PayPal, if you really only have PayPal, which is kind of weird, but it's fine. Um, you can just man, uh, send it to man pod at gmail.com. For my plugs, I don't care about social media. Just send me money. <laughs> just send Billy money for his legal defense. Slash, like, I need some random motel rooms along this road trip. Might as well get you some bed bugs while you're at it. Yeah. But for real, actually, we're going to call last call on this motherfucker. Oh, uh, do we do another shot? You don't want to do another shot. Can we do a shot of something else? I mean, we have some vodka. We I know some- we have other things. I'm asking if we can do a shot of something else. We definitely can. Okay, so... Uh, I will I will go grab a ball thing. We'll pour stuff. Uh, why don't we rinse out these glasses first so we don't have Malort in them while we do that shot? Whatever, you bitch. I'll do another shot of Malort. Nope. Be sure to look on my Instagram for the video of Billy's Malort face. Billy is going to the bar. That's quite a dead bottle. Not that. Why do you have dead bottles? Because uh, those bottles are special. What's special about this? The dead man's hand. Yeah? Yeah. What's special about it? Uh... I have the dead man's hand tattooed on me as well. Yeah, but like if I drop this bottle right now. You dropped a bottle and you'll be cleaning it up? Okay. Then why do you... Well, okay, there's not All right, we're doing a shot of tequila, so we're going three liquors tonight. What, what kind of liquor is that? Second? Malort is Malort. But what is, what is a Malort? Is that brand? Uh, it is a type of Swedish liqueur. It's a liqueur. Understand what the cores are. Uh, it has to do with their proof and how they're made. And Billy's talking off mic, so this will just be horrible post work. Tell us more about what a liqueur is. I'm going to actually Google the actual definition. We're going to do this the easy way. The general difference is that liqueurs are generally are sweetened spirits with various flavors, oils, and asterisks added to them. Wormwood is what's added to that. Um. How do you do the last call? Do you have like a question that you ask? You don't have to do post work. People will hear me faintly. I'm not talking for like a minute off mic. I'm talking for like a sentence. I think you can leave it be. It add, you know, it adds texture to the episode because then it's like, oh, look, he's like away from the mic and now he's back on the mic. It's okay. You know, don't hurt yourself with the work, dude. But that's what I do. Okay. Well, what, so how does last call work? Last call is generally just the time for us to sign off and do plugs. Okay, do we do the, the what, what, what's the order of operations? The order of operations is Billy Presida, 
Where can the drinking buddies find you on the interwebs? Where can they find your shit? Where can they find the Man Whore Podcast? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, just search Billy Procida, P-R-O-C-I-D-A. I pop up because um, they're different handles and none of you are going to write them down. Uh, but most importantly, I have a great show called the Man Whore Podcast. Um, it, I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. I also talk to uh, porn stars, sex educators, uh, dating experts, sex workers, queer performers, and feminist authors. And you can find the Man Whore Podcast wherever you are listening to And Now We Drink. You can indeed. We're about to do a shot of tequila. And then we're going to get the fuck out of here. Maybe eat some weed cookies. Matt, who are you voting for in the primary? I can't. I'm an independent. And who? Okay, who, who would you? Bernie. Okay, who's your number two? Bernie. Okay, but who's your number two? Joe Rogan. No, but seriously, I'm saying like you have to have a second. Why? Because we are all going to unite around whoever the Democratic candidate is. Right. So I don't need to pick a number two. But in the okay, if Bernie had a heart attack, who in this Another field, one? who would you pick? Andrew Yang, because I want my fucking thousand dollars. That's okay. That, that's at least an answer. I want my fucking thousand, Andrew. Bernie, I'm going to keep tweeting at you till I get my fucking grand. Where's my fucking money? With Kamala out of the race, Bernie's my number two. Salute. And so, now we drink. And now we drink. <sighs> Better than the Malort? <sighs> Better. Billy's still making the, the harsh face. I look, I switched from weed, liquor to weed a while ago, so I'm still getting there. For sure. We're going to call... Since we've called last call on this motherfucker, and you know where to find Billy now, and we've done another shot. Where do they find you? Oh, my God. Where can they listen to this podcast? <laughs> well, wherever they can find podcasts, I'm literally anywhere. The preference is you listen to it on Laughable. I love that Laughable is your preferred podcast app of choice. Ned's my guy. Ned is good people. Ned is good people. But I don't use Laughable app. Why not? I use Apple Podcasts. I'm basic. Laughable is such a better app. Okay. Also, Laughable believed in this show when no one else did. So I'm true. I'm <laughs> wow. No, Wait, no, no. Ned, sorry, sorry. Ned, sorry. I Ned believed in my show before anyone did. That's what I meant. Ned started sponsoring the show to a degree back when we had like twenty something episodes, next to nothing. Yeah, he did the same. He's uh, he's good people. And I believe in Laughable as a product. I don't just plug it because, like, I have a relationship with Ned. It's because I really do believe in it. Like, I believe in the app. I believe in what they believe in. My favorite aspect of the Laughable app is that you can search a comedian that you like, and then outside of any show they do there themselves, you can actually see them on other shows. It reads that part of the RSS feeds, and that's a really cool one. So, yeah, you can see me in a ridiculous hat. <laughs> okay my profile picture is absolutely ridiculous i'll show it to you when we get off air but we're instead of doing a laughable ad that you probably got at the beginning of the show also i haven't decided what ads i'm doing this week but you can find me at matt underscore slayer on twitter matt slayer on instagram matt f and slayer on facebook you can find the podcast at and now we drink on twitter and now we drink underscore on instagram and until next week drink up motherfuckers and billy is humping the air i didn't hump i I, I, I exclaimed with my fists. 
I hope would have been better. 